My name is Josh Alvarez. And I'm Leo O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 96 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks! Today on the show, we have a very special guest, Mr. Mike Polshock. Hey, what's up, listeners? You may know Mike from his award-winning, his wonderful, takeoff, renowned, just, just unbelievably known. He <laughs> is the master of it, the true leader. The other two are flunkies. It's <laughs> I don't know about that. Wine and cheese. The God. wine and cheese podcast Here on the Cinepunks, on the Cinepunks Network. Network. Mr. Mike Paulson. Thank you guys so much for having He's me. He's also in Sun God. That's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Sun God. We yeah. played together. Was that, how did I meet you, Mike? Oh, man. I feel as though I met you before you met Liam, right? Yeah, definitely. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. You introduced us. I had oh, only yeah. I had only talked to you virtually. And then we were coming out of your place and you were like, "Oh, this is Mike." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That was like last year, I guess. I was just yeah. kind of getting off the, the train and walking back to my home and you guys yeah. were just going to Amalgam, I think. Uh, something like I that. Don't know sounds what, like something we would yeah. something I don't know we what do. we were doing that night, but yeah. I met it? you through Stephen Dyer. That sounds yeah, that, that yeah. was going to be my guess, yeah. yeah. Stephen, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Stephen Dyer, photographer extraordinaire and fellow legend. Uh, fellow neighbor. We are like three inches from my house currently. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Although, I live right on Huntington Street. Like, oh, I although, was like, oh man, I'm gonna bring breadcrumbs and a bicycle and just make sure I can get home. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's point three miles away from the crib. I mean, I understand why you were confused because Mike's house is so much nicer than yours. It is true. So it, it feels true. like we're in another world. You don't right. even have to step over junkies to get into your house. That's pretty cool. That's you know what I'm saying? Look that. how <laughs> wide this bedroom is. Oh, this bedroom I, I is out. I mean, you know, it's pretty Look cool, how man. How wide it is! I feel bad. We drew straws. There's like a big bedroom, a little bedroom, and then like a, a mama bear, a baby bear, and a, and a papa bear. And uh, <laughs> I, I lucked out and just got the the biggest bedroom. And I feel really bad. My other roommates kind of stuck in a pretty small closet hey, size bedroom. But L- like for real, like just literally luck of the draw. Literally, like yeah. I don't. I wasn't aware there were rooms this big in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's, wow, it's, it is pretty spacious. Lots of room for activities, <laughs> especially podcasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good thing Maybe we're jump rope. good thing we're recording sound in the largest room <laughs> in the house. Can Definitely you hear no that reverb issues with this? I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we played a show together. Yes, we did. We That's played fun. at Ortlieb's together. Which band were you? Which uh, band? I believe it was a solo show for me. It was just a Josh Alvarez show. show. Yeah, it was your friend's Jay Boogie. band. Your friend's band. Uh, Hard um, was in it town. was Hard Worker. Yeah, my friends from North Carolina. Yeah. That was a really and fun show. That was a good time, man. Yeah, yeah and you guys crushed it that night. And then Thanks, uh, there was another band too that was your friends, right? There was uh, a band called Door Prize who had Door just, Prize. Uh, yeah. They had just kind of reached out on a like on a whim, and we <laughs> set the show up, and we're gonna play with them again next month, I think, which is really cool because I haven't That's seen awesome. them since. Yeah. Congratulations on your new release as well. How's Thank that going so for you guys? It's going really well. Yeah, people people like it. Yeah, my parents listened to it and they liked it. So that's nice. I got the stamp of approval there, <laughs> the old punk stamp of approval. Yeah. What is what is the name of the record? The Talk name of the to record, us a little bit about it. Sure. So it was recorded with uh, my roommate who lives on that side of the wall, Jake Clark. <laughs> right. Uh, and he recorded it in uh, Retro City Studios out in Germantown. Jake Clark of Beware. Uh, yes, Jake okay. Clark of Beware. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, I was trying nice to think of, yeah. I literally okay. was just like, what is the least popular band I can think of? That Jake <laughs> <was> <laughs> Oh, beware! There you go. <laughs> yeah. That seems a little mean, but it's <laughs> well. Okay. I mean, whatever. I mean, it was. You know, Liam's been in pretty big band. Let's oh, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I was just, I was just trying not to say super heaven out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he hooked us up. He um he produced it, mixed it, mastered it, all that stuff. And the other guys in the band obviously did a really great job on it too. Um, it's just four songs, little EP. We called it Life Skills. Really, no reason as to why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's available on Spotify and all that stuff. Yeah. If you want to listen to it, if you don't, 
That's fine too. Also fine. <laughs> totally cool, man. You do what's comfortable for you, listener. You know, none of this feels podcast related, so I t- I tuned out. That's fine. <laughs> is that it's what it is? <laughs> you just listen to podcasts more, Liam. You're so anti. All I do, rock. all I do, is listen to podcasts, man. <laughs> Music is just over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so 2018. It's just so over. Oh, oh, my name's Liam. Oh, I can't believe people still <laughs> listen to music. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard of Iron Glass? Come oh, on, sweet baby Jeebus. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. The, that was the first like boring NPR person I can think of was Iron Glass. Iron Glass. It's not even that bad. Yeah. I don't know why. Was... My favorite joke whenever I go to Comic Con, which happens every year, is like, "Hey man, that guy's Iron Glass cosplay is really, really good because <laughs> it's just a white dude with like black glasses." Stop. Yo, so funny every single time. Crushes. My other crusher joke is, uh, "Man, their hold steady cosplay looks really, really nice." <laughs> When like a bunch of IT None looking dudes walk through Comic Con, Craig like, Finn is that the dude? <laughs> <laughs> there goes Just Craig Finn himself. <laughs> None of these jokes crush. These are not. These crushes. jokes are killer. <laughs> to go back to the Ira Glass thing, I forget what podcast it was, but I listened to one, and the intro is "Hi, I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass," and that floored me. I thought that was the funniest <laughs> podcast intro I've ever heard. Oh my god, <laughs> so dumb. Oh man, <laughs> it's almost genius. Really, it's, it's pretty goddamn brilliant. I it's mean, pretty great. he is. If you know who he is, you could recognize his voice in any con. Oh, totally. Like I could this be watching anything, and his voice comes on and be like, "Oh, what <laughs> what's Iron happening? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. are my clear frame glasses and, and <laughs> IPA <laughs> coffee? Yeah, IPA coffee. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm about shit. I'm about to hear something well written, but kind of self indulgent. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's hear it. Oh boy. Let's come up with some more hot NPR content. Man, yeah. Let's have we're, some... we're, we're, we're giving them we're giving them business right now. We're giving no, them the let's, business. Let's I mean. do the nice thing, which oh. is to say, hey, we want to start off thanking all of you who support us. We on are Patreon. so grateful to I, our I mean, Patreon supporters. This episode is brought to you by each and every individual person who has agreed to to regularly give us their hard-earned money. As low as $1, you can get on there, and you can hear, as of right now, two whole pieces <laughs> of exclusive content. We so, swear- Bruce Park, Patreon subscriber Bruce Park, if you're listening, there are two whole things available to you. Today I saw, I saw it today, it probably happened a while ago. I, today I saw a listener, whose name I forget, sorry, <laughs> uh, upgraded from $1 to $3 Sweet. a month. Baby now that Jesus. might sound. What is this like listener's name, Mister or Daddy Warbucks? Perhaps. <laughs> what, what caused the uh, What caused the uptick? I don't know, but whoever they are, who I'm about to find out when I open the app, because I'm a dingus. Right. Uh, not that we look on phones while we're podcasting, because you know we're far more professional than that. <laughs> no, we're not professional. We are not professional. <laughs> that is the joke. Stop That's it. the joke. Stop it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he's well, doing let's, that. Let's Josh. let's do this. I want to thank new subscriber Ryan Reading. Huh. Thank you, Ryan. Way to go, Ryan. Uh, and if there are any other new people, why is it so hard to see your actual people on Patreon? Patreon is a terrible service. Whoa. Okay, sorry. Whoa. See? Uh, Jacob, off? can you please get rid of that? We don't need to be dissing Patreon on our show. It's Liam. just, oh, Ryan, Ryan Sawyer upgraded from $3 to $5. What? Yeah. Uh, some other people upgraded as well. Ryan Thank you so Reynolds. much. <laughs> y'all, y'all are great. Yeah. Well, Ryan Reynolds needs to just send me an invite to be in the next Deadpool movie. That, there Come you on, go. You son of a gun. Anyways, Royalties. thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you are a Patreon supporter and you're looking for some swag and I haven't sent it to you yet, shoot us an email over at cinepunks at gmail.com. And uh, I'll tell you what, not only will I send you 
A Cinepunk shirt is on the table, but if we have uh, some other shirts in your size, I'll give you a hint. Starts with rough, ends with cut. Then <laughs> I'll send you one of those as well. And uh, Justin Miller won't yell at me because he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he doesn't he doesn't Honestly, know that's on no the idea. table. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> Steve and what? Justin doesn't listen to our podcast either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Neither does Steve Miller. Stop. <laughs> the one commonality between uh, all these guys: a joker, a smoker, and a midnight toker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hey, we also want to uh, thank our sponsor on this episode and every episode, which is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. XLVACX.com. Dot com. Maybe yes. you have something that you need to get printed for your bowling league. Maybe you need some koozies made to hide your beers as you walk around in public while you drink them. Oh, very good. Uh-huh. Maybe you have some sort of, I don't know, a uh, murder cult, and you want Maybe. to get everyone psyched with their own printed sweatpants. Right. You can have that done at Lehigh Vero Valley Apparel Creations. XLVACX.com. They are the most personal and professional screen printers basically in the world uh but you know don't check us on that but that's what we're gonna say in the world i don't know i don't have any facts to back that up but i'm just gonna say that that's what they are it's definitely probably true yeah so go to xlvacx.com check out the prices the pictures the well-designed website (laughs) website made by uh i forget who did the website i don't know you should definitely malantonio oh thanks who now We'll talk about it later. Okay. Well, tell them, <laughs> tell Chris Reject that uh, Cinepunk sent you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Please go have stuff printed there and then tell him so he doesn't feel like he's wasting his time supporting us. They're doing another Let's Hang Out soon, right? Yes. Well, not soon, but this summer, I guess. Yes. Yeah. This summer. That's have cool. you been to one of the Let's Hang Outs before? I uh, went to the winter one, which was a blast. Saw Liam there. Yeah. It was really fun. Was Did you time. stay for the music too? Did stay for the music. Yeah. Uh, cool, cool, cool. It was Outer Heaven and Big Nothing played, which was cool. Right, pretty pretty good uh, pretty. music selection. And wrestling wise, I don't really follow it super closely, so I don't really remember who play, who uh, performed. But uh, <laughs> but you got to see a bunch of flipping people. Yeah, that's pretty. That cool. was actually f- I remember that one. That was actually a lot of fun. It was really fun. There was a lot of jumping in the crowd and then yeah. trying to figure out how to handle that because <laughs> yeah. it was the crowd is crowd is very close. Yeah. Right, so right. they're like right up it? against the ring, right? Yeah. And there are kind of helpers that are supposed to brace the fall, and I think people were pissed because they weren't really doing much. They were standing around just watching <laughs> when they were wow. supposed to be. Getting a little more active, and mm, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Chris sounds like the earmarks <laughs> of a crackpot operation to me. <laughs> Stop it! it it's it's a lot of fun. It's really good. To my knowledge, no one was hurt. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people too. It, maybe if you're not, I feel like in only in the Lehigh Valley do you go. There's an event that's wrestling and punk bands, and everyone seems in Lehigh Valley to go, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But I feel like outside of the Lehigh Valley, people are like, what? So let me just go ahead and say, like, if you don't know, this is like indie wrestling. These are folks who are trying to make it on sort of a DIY level. These aren't folks going to like the huge state. It's not like. I don't know who's popular right now. It's not like a WWE person is showing up in Bethlehem. But the <laughs> point is, is like if your feel, if your image of wrestling is only what's on TV, that's not what this is. Uh, right, this is something a little bit more underground, a little yeah. more DIY than that. But yeah, and super that's not to disrespect. That's not yeah. to disrespect the TV stuff. I'm no wrestling expert, but <laughs> it's not. If that turns you off, you're going to find something different here. You yeah. know, there was a time when uh, I used to be in a band that practiced in a, a space in on Allegheny Street. Okay. And the space also housed a school for pro wrestlers. So you would walk in with like all your gear and shit, like your bass guitar and stuff, and there'd be dudes flipping off of ropes. 
wearing That's misfit so shirts cool. with the sleeves cut off. Did it smell and like a wrestling gym? It did. Yeah. Which is to say bad. <laughs> yeah. Not I'm so a, fresh. I'm into that. What was I, the name of the wrestling thing? I don't fucking know. We used to just see all che- these like, dudes iron. with like ponytails the, and the like iron, knee braces iron, and stuff. The iron rack. Yeah. Oily wild, dudes. It was it was pretty wrestling bizarre. School. <laughs> yeah. Definitely like let's let's be clear. Thing. There could be oily ladies there as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. Let's fair. say let's I say mean, it was called. Let's say it was called Beast School. <laughs> I was just saying gender ambiguous dudes. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> so there you right. go. Yeah. Also fine. We also are in fine. Phil- we are in Philadelphia where dude is just a term it's for <laughs> anything. <laughs> you can be whatever you want, but you're always a dude. It's kind of like how John can be any object. Dude <laughs> right. can be any person of any kind. I worked Pretty at good. a worked at a furniture warehouse for a bit, and at one point, a man told me to pass him the John from the John. It was like two in one sense. Where I was like, I actually don't, I can't even discern <laughs> what he's trying to say. <laughs> Did you do it though? Can't help you, dude. You're like, here's <laughs> yeah. your John, John. So you got to be a little more specific. Sir. And his name was John. <laughs> it was John. I yeah. can definitely Johnny. see changing it up though. Like, can you give me the John that's on the jam? Oh wow. wow! Look at you. That's yeah. that's why you know you're the figurehead of this John-er operation. I need that John over there. Yeah. <laughs> from the uh, jam. (laughs) Well, all right. So we thanked uh, the Patreon supporters. And And we thanked LVAC. uh, Thanked LVAC. So what? uh, There is a thing that happens like right after those things get done. I mean, we don't talk about the movies yet. No, Mike, Mike, we're we're talking about Swanberg movies. Um, Um, I think it might be time for our new... It's not new. Old. Yeah. Somehow always fresh segment... Whack it on track. track! Oh my god, in on that, that was so dope. Oh, cool. oh my for god, my that shit was so awesome. <laughs> I like how you are always like, we have to do it in person so we can see each other. But I can tell when you're going to do it because you have to take the deepest breath. <laughs> I know. You go. It's time for our segment. <gasps> Here's what you Whack don't know, listeners. Build suspense. Here's what you don't know. I close my eyes every time I say it because I'm so psyched every single time. <laughs> I'm going to break this fast. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't worry about it. It's, it's Ikea brand. So, Mike, thank you for inviting us to your house. And uh, please allow Liam to break your lamp. Yeah. Um, thanks, thanks for welcoming us to the place where you sleep and sex. <laughs> One of those so, things. And apparently watch TV. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's look, a at nice that. TV. look at that. It's a very old TV, but it gets the job done. So, yeah. Mike, as our guest, you are welcome to choose the order. Well, what have you done lately that is whack? What have you done lately that is on track? I guess I'll go alphabetically and I'll start with on track. Right. Uh, I watched a documentary called Indians That Rock the World. Or it's called Rumble, Indians That Rock the World. Have you guys heard about that at all? It's like a focuses mostly on Link Ray in the beginning and then kind of goes through other Native oh, Americans wow. in like the, the rock world. or is like question mark in there? I'm sorry? Question mark in the Mysterians? Wasn't he um, of Native descent? He might have been. I don't there. know. Uh, yeah, That's I'm not totally question. sure. Having watched it, I'm not totally sure. Right, right, uh, right. It goes, th- I think Taboo of like the Black Eyed Peas has a part in it. Oh, so it, wow. it kind of it spans a little bit of outside the rock and roll genre, but it's it's really cool. I was a big fan of that one. Um, yeah. Pretty well done. And then another pretty Do cool. Do you like movie, like music docs? Do you like music documentaries like I that? Like, I like a good rock doc. A yeah. good rock doc. Yeah. You're into it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I like a good rock doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some good ones out there. You guys spoke about. Uh, NYHC at one point on one of your episodes, the guy that directed NYHC and Yodorowsky. Oh, he came on. Friend of the show, Frank Povich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Frank Povich, who is uh, our close personal friend. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show. (laughs) That puts us two degrees of separation from Yodorowsky. But anyway, not important. Not that we're counting. Also also two degrees from Izak, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So take everything. Izak and Yodorowsky are like, they're the same person. They're basically blood brothers. I've never seen them in the same room together, is all I'm saying. (laughs) That's fair. 
But go on. That's a crazy one. Rock um, Docs. So I was going to go past Rock Docs and say I'm, I'm more of a fan of surf documentaries. That was a pretty cool one. Oh, the, wow. Yeah, a pretty cool Are one. Are you a surfer as well? Is that a thing that you do? I bought a surfboard 18 months ago and used it for about 20 minutes last summer. And it's nice. way harder than it seems, especially at the Jersey Shore where there are no waves. Right. So... Yeah, no, I would love to be a surfer, aspiring surfer, but I'll never quite get there. And that's okay, you know? <laughs> was this the thing, like, you got into surf rock and then were like, maybe I should try surfing? Uh, I don't know. I've always been, like, interested in surfing, for sure. Mm. But surf rock, above all things, is the best. I could uh, I could definitely see someone listening to a lot of skate rock and then being like, I guess I should, I should, like, get a skateboard. I, I don't know. It, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I like it's the It's, like, Sense Field <laughs> records and, like, Far Side records. And you're yeah. like, you know what? Let's try this. You would, What's the thing you that would, token entries is talking about? You consider, since we don't have to get on this. We don't I have just, to get into this a, weird a, thing a, that you do. Addendum. <laughs> I'm surprised you put Sensefield on that list. I, I, that's how Sensefield was introduced to me. Was like skate, skate, skate Yeah, they're punk? like, here's some skate rock for you. I'm you, like, you this doesn't like, sound like anything on Rev. And then... You wouldn't go like Offspring, Pennywise, that kind of stuff. I feel like that's no. like no, I definitely wouldn't go that there either. Yeah, for yeah. me, skate rock originally was definitely Far Side. See, I'm thinking JFA. Oh, oh JFA. Yeah. I mean, like also Jaybird, like by Token Entry, was like a huge like skateboarding. Right. Like we sing about skateboarding. Like yeah, you know, I was into that. But skate rock to me was explained as like it's kind of like alternative rock, but it's a little bit different. And Revelation huh. put it out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So. I didn't. I would not have put that together at all. That's yeah, interesting. I don't know. But you say Farside. I think Farside. I actually, for a while, was thinking of uh, Jawbreaker as skate rock. Oh no. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. put them in skate rock either. Honestly, mm. we've all got very different perceptions of the, of the phrase. I yeah. guess. I mean, <laughs> look, really when weird. I say skate rock or skate punk, JFA is the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right, right, right. But then after that, it's kind of like Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> There's some Farside records, <laughs> I guess. I don't. know. I'm not sure. Yeah, just dude. I just all the skaters I do growing up just listen to Rage Against the Machine anyway. That's yeah, true. no, that's not wrong. Yeah, that's definitely true. Okay, keep going, Mike. Sorry, Sorry. go on, Mike. Um. Yeah, no, yeah, that's all good. I was going to talk about a surf documentary called Andy Irons Kissed by God. He was a Whoa. he and his he and oh, his brother okay. were surfers uh in the late 90s early 2000s maybe 80s 90s somewhere in the last 30 or 40 years. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh <laughs> but no, it's I don't know. Surf documentaries are always so good and and that one just like the personal story of the Irons family was really cool. It was he and his brother kind of came up at the same time surfing and all that stuff. So it kind of like they had his brother in for first person interviews and all these things and kind of like the rivalry between him and there was another. And it wasn't Kelly Slater. Maybe it was Kelly Slater. I don't know. You could make up any name. I'm making up really this point. Yeah. Just watch him. People who surf. People surf. You know, surfer dude. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are my those are my on tracks for sure. Cool. Should I do some wax, or do you guys do your on tracks? No, no, no you, do wax. Do yeah. some wax. wax. Yeah. All right. Uh, Go wax on it, man. Wax, cat scares in horror movies. Whoa. I think that's a pretty whack one. You have a hard time with it, or you enjoy it, and then it's a bummer, though. No, I just don't like it. I'm pretty over it. I feel like it's way overused. So give me, give me an example. Are we talking Pet Cemetery here? Or are we talking uh, Dead Cat and Pet Cemetery? I don't think the new Pet Cemetery had a big cat scare. I think everyone was waiting for one, and there really wasn't one, right? Yeah, I guess yeah, the cat was know, pretty chill. Yeah, the cat was pretty chill. Pretty chill on Dead Cat. Winston Churchill was pretty chill. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Winston Church chill. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, what was I watching? Oh, it was Halloween Five or not? Oh, Halloween wow, five. you Sorry. got all the way to five, huh? Not Halloween Five. I love every Halloween. Every Halloween. <laughs> every single one. Four is and great five. In its own way. Four. 
and five. Yeah, those those wow. w- ones with uh with the young lady uh, with the girl who was in um Hatchet and all those. Who movies. was then in like the Halloween reboot and everything? Too. I yeah, I regret every yeah. moment of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it was in uh Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm part five. Like, right, I right, didn't right. know yeah. that you were a big horror aficionado. I didn't oh, know that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's Halloween's like definitely thing, my huh? favorite franchise. Favorite franchise. Yeah. See, you wow. they, then you called him an aficionado, and then he said Halloween was his favorite franchise. So I feel like <laughs> we're having two different conversations <laughs> yeah. hey. right here. Hey, hey, hey. wow. <laughs> That's fine. Man, yo, I'm sorry. I there is Halloween I'm... one. Uh-huh. There's Halloween three, uh-huh. and then I can sometimes suffer Halloween two, and then Halloween ha- is over. Four and five aren't as bad as they seem. I will say, as bad as they are, they're not that bad. Six is a pretty dark spot. The one with Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty rough. Six is really bad. I, I mean, didn't even know six existed, a scene, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> there's a scene where Michael Myers is shot into uh, a coal mine, a coal mine shaft of some sort, right. floats down a river, and then is revived by like a sailor with a parrot on his shoulder. And that is something that happens in the front. It's like that sailor with a parrot on his shoulder is called a pirate. Uh, Just saying. He's not really a pirate, though. Yeah, but by definition. Uh, I guess by definition. Right. No, no, no I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to disagree with you. Think about the G.I. Joe sailor. Oh, yeah. Definitely shipwreck. a sailor. Definitely has a parrot. Yeah, this yeah. is true. Okay. I think most of the time you're right. Pirate, parrot, it's there. Yeah. But only because of shipwreck. I'm like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. This is like a reclusive guy in like a sailor outfit in a cave or something like that. He just happens to have a parrot on his shoulder. So why is he so in a cave? I don't get wait, any of it. Wait, 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 wait. We started with cat horror and here's where we ended up. I need to <laughs> I know. Okay, 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 okay. So what you're saying is in a movie when you're waiting for something scary to happen and instead a cat jumps out. It happens way too often. It happens a lot. It's it a big, a there's lot. always a cat near where you're about to get killed who's just like, oh, what do you want? Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the same sound. It, just, it's, it might be the same stock sound. It might be like the Wilhelm scream where there's just the cat sound. The cat terror sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. Wow. So yeah, that's my whack for sure. That's a thing. Jeez. That's your whack. That's, that's enough whack. that you thought about it's it and you're like, you know what? I'm going to mention this as my whack. <laughs> thought about the next morning when I woke up after watching the movie. Mm. And I'm still mm. thinking about it now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's problematic. I it's guess. A bad one. Yeah, yeah. Poor writing. I think that's what it is. Poor writing. Mm. Poor writing. But okay. Poor. Thank explanation. you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can thank me for all that. Oh <laughs> it's my quite gosh. a ride. Liam, what have you done lately that was whack? What have you done lately that was on track? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I haven't actually gotten to do a lot. Period. Right. <laughs> Between uh, working a lot and being kind of broke, and then, of course, you know, Maeve. Right. And I think it, because it's the end of the school year, our babysitter pool kind of dried up. Because mm. it's like a lot of our babysitters are college students at Lafayette nearby. So, so they're going uh, home. Yeah. Well, they're not quite going home yet, but they're just like finals and stuff. So, uh, like, right, right, like right, for right. example, we were like, since it's opening weekend for Endgame, we were like, we're just not going to go. It's too crazy. Mm, yeah. Whatever. And then a uh, friend of the show, Harvest's co host, Justin Laura, was like, even though he's there seeing it tonight, mm. he's going again with his family separate. Nice. And so he was like, we're going to go to the drive in. And I thought, oh, the drive in's To the, the Mahoning? One. They're showing at the Mahoning? No, at a. Becky. Remember, I live in Atlanta. There's a bunch of drive-ins near us. Oh, right. So we're going to the drive-in that does normal movies. We should all yes. be so lucky. I know. Yeah. What's it like living in a place where drive-ins just exist it's, all over the it's place? It's literally so it's the only interesting thing about where I live, so <laughs> <laughs> let's not get too excited. Um, so anyways, he was like, we're going to go to the drive-in, and I thought, oh, that's great. Like, it's you know, it's probably not going to sell out, and it's a little less crazy because all the crazy people will be out at the normal theater. Mm. So like, let's do it. It seems like the perfect environment to watch a movie like that. Whatever. But... 
we couldn't find a babysitter. Like we just couldn't. It was just hey, it was like a full week and a half out. Hey, anyone could do Friday, and like just no one could do it. Uh, turns out it's gonna rain anyway, so it's probably okay. But just knowing that even if it wasn't raining, we couldn't go was like a, a bummer. So what are I guess your, that'll be my whack. What are your usual avenues to find a babysitter? I mean, it's literally just been college students and then high school students. That but but how do you those. find like how do you just is there a well I used to work or no it's just people we know I mean wow. as soon as I had the baby uh, students were coming by like yo oh, can I babysit? babysitter yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. well and also just I don't know if you guys doors. have noticed but my baby is like the cutest baby who's your baby is the best would not just so adorable. people wanted a babysit but I think like everything at for these students they just they have more desire to do things and they have actual time to do things you know mm, yeah anyway so I've been limited what I've been able to do one of the things I was able to do was after we did our Larry Cohen episode right I was still kind of stoked on Larry Cohen and uh you know your man Joe Bob Briggs did an episode of uh the last drive-in drive show uh the last drive-in uh on cue the wing serpent so I watched cue the wing nice. serpent I forgot how good it was. Do you get down with Joe Bob Briggs like that, Mike? I don't know who Joe Bob Briggs is, and that's oh, wow. definitely a strike against me. Whoa. Do you have Shutter? Are you on Shutter? I do have Shutter. So he does the last drive-in. So Joe Bob okay. Briggs is like a film critic from. He used to do a show on USA. So okay. yeah, he was a dude who wrote uh, film criticism about what drive-in he theaters. called drive-in movies, so he's which would have been like. Grindhouse movies back, yeah. you know, if you were in, but he's from Texas, so it was driving movies. And I guess he's 60 plus, yeah, probably yeah. older gentleman. So he was writing about them a bunch, and then he got his own show on with, USA is in the 80s. It was called, yeah, it was called uh, Up All Night. Well, he was on a few different shows, he had Monster Vision. Oh, on Monster TNT, Vision, that was the one, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so, heard that before, yeah, yeah. He so he he basically became a horror host on cable, cool, that a lot of people knew, and it was like a lot of it was a lot of the night. He's and people a huge like, personality, but too, you know, like, he went off the air before the internet, so the show just went away. Like no one yeah. knew what happened to him; he just disappeared. Right. Oh, this fe- okay. Yeah, I so, definitely know the face. Looking so at he now. has a John on Shutter now. They basically brought it back. Yeah, cool. they basically brought it back. It's called The Last Drive-In. Okay. It's a little. And he's a little controversial now. I think he's not very like PC. Yeah, pretty I mean, tough views. What'd you say? He's got pretty rough views. Like I don't. But this is the he's thing. From Joe, Texas. Joe Bob is a character. Yeah. The guy who is Joe Bob Briggs is not Joe Bob Briggs. Sure. So right. he he's, plays it up. Yeah, he's playing this this guy who's like real down home and oh, this movie's great because it's got <laughs> the play, the play, the blonde, the play. <laughs> okay. And the whole thing about On it brand. is like it's a persona. Sure. But yeah, I mean, in the '80s, he had to watch what he said because the way he puts it is, you know, back in the day, he had to watch what he said because it would upset older people. Now he has to watch what he says because it's going to upset younger people. Mm. And I just don't think he's gotten the memo of like why that matters. He just is kind of like whatever. So I know he's kind of controversial. I like him only to the extent that like he is incredibly knowledgeable. Yeah. And when he loves a movie, it comes across. And he loves Cue the Winged Serpent. So that was a good experience. I think watching him do something that maybe had problematic stuff in it, he might make jokes that I was like, he's uh, not going to do anything offensive because Shudder has him on like a leash a little bit. Like, yeah. you know, we don't want people to quit because you say something, whatever. Yeah. But uh, but I could see him sort of like not vibing with everyone. Uh, again, he doesn't bum me out or anything. I don't have a problem with him. But mm. when people are like, I don't really like it, I, I'm not like offended. Like, right. you don't like Joe Bob Briggs? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I can see how you wouldn't like this guy who's drinking beer on camera and saying some shit that's problematic. <laughs> cowboy like, shirts. Yeah. yeah. But it's never that bad. I mean, I do think people are a little sensitive about it. But I get why it's, you know, it would be, I think this if the people got the same information, but they got it from like, um, you know, 
like a sassy younger person who mm-hmm. you know knew the jokes that like appealed to them and mm-hmm. didn't feel the need to like comment on weird stuff like i just think that would appeal more i mean he's still at the point where he's like talking about how much nudity there is in a movie or something like that or whatever. Mm. So it's that's fine. A, that's I like mean, a draw for some people though, which yeah. is strange, but I mean, I guess I don't, I don't think it's strange. People like, and to be fair, he is super knowledgeable. He I mean, really yeah, is. he's, he, really he knows is. so much. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's about been doing it for like this niche thing too. Like yeah. about like the nitty gritty yeah. details of yeah. like movies like cue the winged serpent for sure. So anyways, yeah. that was a fun watch, you know, both because I like that movie and because of his input. Um, and then, um, Keeping with the Larry Cohen theme, uh, a podcast that I kind of like uh, called Pure Cinema Pod. Mm. They did a Larry Cohen tribute, and what was great is that their format is they do they talk about the movie, and then they always pair it with a movie. Like they pick something that they would do a double feature with a movie. Yeah, so that's cool because I got to hear them talk about other stuff that I didn't know. Mm. Um, but what they specifically did was for each of the movies, they played segments from either interviews with Larry Cohen about the movie or special features on the Blu-ray or whatever. They had these clips. And it's really interesting to hear Larry articulate some of the things that I thought maybe I was reading into his movies, that they were very much on his mind. You know, Right, that he was actually interjecting those actual thoughts. That he yeah, had. like very specifically. Like even for him, like his very first movie, Bone, he was talking about how uh, ridiculous it is. Like the whole movie is about our misconceptions about people and about... Are projections of who they are, but for him, the racial aspect was like, you know, talking about in you know this movie from the you know early seventies. He's like, you know, white people are like deathly afraid of black folks. Meanwhile, he's like historically, I mean, white people are the scary ones. I mean, they murder everyone, you know, yeah. and like like being able to articulate that as a man at his age that that's what he was thinking was well, clearly that's you know, and so like the choices of like how Bone is dressed and how he presents himself that that's all about the expectations that these people are projecting, but it's also about the audience. Like the audience sees Yafet Kodo mm. in this like old timey outfit and they're just like, oh, that's he's gonna be bad, he's a bad guy. So then when he acts like a bad guy, that you believe it, you're like, yeah, oh, he's a rapist, he's gonna rape, he's a rapist, oh. he's gonna rape her, and then of course. That's all a lie. He just knows how scared white people are. And then it turns out the white couple, the very nice white couple he's sending, they're fucking monsters. They're in yeah. actual inhuman monsters yeah. that he's just trying to manipulate to like survive. But in reality, <laughs> they're awful, you know? Mm, yeah. So it's like see, hearing him, that's something I would read into his movie. And I think, well, I'm sure some of that was on his mind, but that's some yeah. of me mm-hmm. reading in. But that's oh. what he's articulating in these things. So oh, it, wow. it was actually a really fun episode. I mean, I like the host too. Like what they do is good. Mm-hmm. But hearing those things from Larry, I don't know if it's all from special features or if they're from other interviews, but I had never heard any of those quotes. Yeah. And it was really informative. Are you, sounds- are you a Larry Cohen fan, Mike? Yeah, I'm into Larry Cohen. That, um, just before we get too far off the topic, that just sounds like a cool way of kind of subverting stereotypes and everything. Sure, 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 sure. Speak about it that way is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, and all of his, he had something like that interesting to say about each of his movies that was like something I thought was really interesting. I thought yeah. I need to find these interviews with Larry Cohen that they're pulled Where this they're stuff coming from. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have as many of his movies on Blu-ray as I would like, so I don't know if they're on the special features on the Blu-rays or what. But mm. um, uh, you know, hearing him talk about the stuff and say like that it was motivated almost entirely by his anger at cigarette companies and how... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because he was just like... He literally... He goes on this whole tirade in this thing, and I don't think this is on the Blu-ray. I think this is from an interview he did where he's just like, you know, during World War II, you know, they were shipping millions of cigarettes out to soldiers or whatever, and he's like, in that... In shipping those cigarettes out and, like, getting all these soldiers addicted, those companies killed more young men 
than anyone in Germany or Japan. You know, I think millions upon millions are dead because of their marketing. And just again, not that I didn't think he would think that, but for him to be so passionate about it and say like, that's what the stuff is about is that the way that we let people market death. I was like, oh gosh, man, Larry's the man. Taking a pretty uh, hard stance on that. I like that. (laughs) A lot of people just be like, yeah, that's, if you can read into that, you can get whatever you want out of it, but to actually come out and say it is, yeah, that's 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 what this is about. That rules. That shit is awesome. So anyways, yeah. it's a cool episode. It's on there. Um, uh, you know, I know not everybody loves that podcast, but uh, yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. At least that episode was good. Um, Very cool. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, and then I watched just on my own. I watched The Ambulance, which is one of the Eric Roberts movies I've never seen. Yeah. Larry Cullen movie. It's really good. It's so corny, but it's like really fun. Yeah. And Eric Roberts, I think it might be his second most epic mullet on film. <laughs> What's the first most epic yeah, mullet think, that Eric Robert I, it, it might be Best of the Best. I'll have to do oh, yeah. a best direct screen-by-screen screen shot. Or is but, it Best of the Best 2? No, I mean Best of the Best 2. Wow. Okay. I think the mullet is in 2. I think he has short... I don't remember. And I think you're the person to ask about something like that for yeah. obvious reasons. For right, sure. right, right. <laughs> for sure. Well, of we the, covered... The three of us in this room currently, you would be the one to know. Well, you know, <laughs> I will say... Unless Mike has some type of weird mullet categorizing brain thing. Uh, I wish. I don't know. I know it I seems wish. like a superhero talent to me, but <laughs> what do I know? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I got to be honest: is that um, a lot of times people think, "Oh, you're on the Eric Roberts podcast, so you've seen all these things." And I have to remind people, like, yo, a lot of the good movies he covered. No, before it's the before you came onto the show. Yeah, it's the original best of the best, and I will say the best of the best mullet and the ambulance mullet are almost the same. Do you have, uh, think do you have a, the best of the best photo pulled up right now? That is oh good. wow, good mullets, good mullets. That is amazing. Incredible. I'm telling you. Eric Roberts has always had such crazy hair. I'll just say it. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I should have you on the show sometime. <laughs> I would love to come on the show. Doug doesn't, I, doesn't let me pick guests a lot. I, I wanted like to do Stuck by My Doctor, too, but I saw that it had already been done. You yeah. Know, you know there's a fourth one coming out. Is there a fourth one? So I actually did research oh. not that long ago to see if they were doing a new one. But if it comes to fruition, I would love to be part of that. All right. We'll see. All right. Cool. Man, Liam knows a guy. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I know an Eric Roberts you. guy. Um, <laughs> Is it Eric Roberts? <laughs> no, well, yeah, I guess I do know <laughs> Eric Roberts. He had, you know he had a meal with Eric Roberts and Larry Cohn at the same time. Right? It's, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. It's, it's so, so cool. weird. It's the weirdest it's thing. It's so great. What a cool earth we live in. I know. <laughs> live it's on. so it's awesome. All right. We're, go- we're going a little long here. So let me just wrap right. up my thing, which is to say I wish I had more on tracks I've watched a lot of interesting things lately all for various podcasts so I don't really want to get into them too hard right Um, right, right. I will say uh, we're going to have an episode at some point uh, talking about Tokyo Ghoul oh or Tokyo Gore Police Tokyo Gore Police and and I was surprised how much I liked it Oh, and Tetsuo the Iron Man. Tetsuo the Iron Man, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tetsuo I'd seen before, but I'd never I'd saw... I've never seen Tetsuo. I've seen Tokyo Gore Police. Before. I liked it a lot. I was really surprised. I mean, but have, have you watched a lot of those, like... Those... Well, I have, but the ones I've watched, people who like those movies are like, oh, those ones are bad. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't know. I just jumped in wherever I could. So I watched, like, Yakuza Weapon or whatever. Yeah, and, like, Robo Geisha and, like, all those... Uh... didn't see Robo Geisha. I did see Zombie Ass. Yeah. That's uh, bad. Not so bad. Anyways, Anyways, this is a, Mike's like I don't know about this world. Yeah, you I guys don't are losing me a little bit, but oh, hey, man. continue. I'm good lo- for you. I'm, That's all I'm saying. I'm bookmarking <laughs> shit over here. This is great. <laughs> no, I love. That. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I will say. Um, uh, well, I guess we recorded recently enough. I don't know if there's any new music I need to mention. 
Because I feel like we just recorded. Yeah, we just recorded. A few so we covered a lot ago. of the stuff. I think we did. Yeah. Oh, I think the new Fury songs. There's now three new Fury songs. Yeah, you're feeling they're really good. He they got me. Do you like that band? Uh, Fury's great. Yeah. Uh, just want to point out, you hold up five fingers and you said three new Fury songs. You did one of these. <laughs> <laughs> no one asked you, Mike. God damn it. <laughs> There's a little house, physical comedy it. going on right now, listeners. <laughs> you can't see it, but trust me, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's Sorry. just go. Let's just, Josh, it's just your turn now. Oh, okay. I've gotten burned too hard. No way, man. We love I'm you all, so much. I'm all singed now. <laughs> singed. Sorry, oh, for, for uh, the polite burn. I finished, uh, I finished the second season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Nice. And Do you I like it? it? I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah. I'm done, uh, at least the episodes that are up to now, out for Doom Patrol. Nice. And I really fucking like I that. I love Doom Patrol. I, I thought it yeah. was really, really good, really well done. Um, there was one more thing. Okay. There's something I, it, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, every once in a while I just go on. And I'm like, this thing is really good because it's like <laughs> sometimes something is just really great, and I don't have the, I don't know if y'all feel this, our listeners who write about stuff, I don't have the bandwidth to review television. Yeah, it's a lot. I watch a lot of TV, so I should review it. Yeah, but, but it also seems to like cover a whole season seems like such a task. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a thing that like and and. To what fruition? You know what I mean. Like to yeah. what payback? Really, is it gonna? If you cover a whole season of a show that probably everybody saw anyway. The last thing I will say, and then Josh, it's totally your turn. Is right. that um, I actually think the writing has gotten really, really significantly better in the last few episodes on Supergirl, which is a, one of my comic book shows I watch, but sometimes I hate it, even though I'm watching it. You know, mm. um, but where it's at right now, I really enjoy. And so, like, not that that matters, but just to be a voice that says, "Hey." Thanks, guys, for actually writing something interesting <laughs> and not having all the characters be stupid all the time. It's a, a lot of these shows. They're like, how do we make these superheroes vulnerable? I know they'll be dumb. We'll have them make a <laughs> dumb mistake. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's that's just such a thing on the Flash. Like Flash is like, I've really moved forward. I've really learned something. And then the next episode, he's like, but now I'm mad, and so I'm going to do something stupid. Oh no! <laughs> just saying how I feel. Uh, that's more like an indictment than a criticism from you, Liam. I'm going to put that out there too. But okay. Sure. Just tell us you're waxing on tracks. Okay, Liam. See? See, Mike, don't don't pay attention to Liam's <laughs> just, ta- just, just tell <laughs> you just go ahead and tell us you're waxing All on right. track. <laughs> so Joey goes for uh whacking on track. On track, what have I done lately? So um did we talk about the shows that I played since uh Not the Kill Verona shows. Okay. But the shows, so the your big show weekend before that, yes. The Hawes show? Yes. Okay. So I played two shows. Um the weekend before last, right? Mm-hmm. Or was it last? No, it was the weekend before last. And, and weekend before last. And which band was this with? This was with Cross Keys. All right. Hello. Where uh, we played with Kill Verona and Breaking Pangea. What? Kill Verona is off of a uh, 10-year hiatus. I was just going like to say, that. what a 2019 show. I could, that's the yeah. most 2019 show I can imagine. <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, the first one was at the church. Yeah. And um, it was a uh, really... It wasn't... It's not 10 years. Has it? I don't know how long... Because they played... They did a reunion oh, they did at Broad Street. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Prosty Ministries when Liam was uh, the arts yeah, marshal. Yeah, because that was when everyone got drunk in the green room. Oh, and Pat, uh, friend friend of the show, Pat, uh, I forget your last name, Pat. Sorry, uh, <laughs> got drunk and threw a chair into the wall and like put made a hole in the wall. Whoa! And then he like came and patched it up later. Oh, that's a good good job. Yeah, Pat. everything that's gone went wrong when I brought you someone fixed. Like someone broke the door at Edge. I remember edge that. Day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, and then. Uh, then someone came and fixed the door uh, for Toby, us. Toby, right? I think that's his name. The uh, stack, little stack house dude with the yeah. face tattoos. Uh, I forget his name. 
But yeah, you know, Toby. About? Yeah, we'll go with Toby. Yeah, I think it, I thought it was Toby. I could be wrong. Mm. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he uh, fixed the door. Yeah, he, he just was like, "Oh, I'll fix it," and then literally <laughs> by the next weekend was like in there like reframing the door and fixed it for free. So nice. And I was like, "Man, that's a lot of work. Do you, you want to get paid?" He's like, "No, I just appreciate what you do." I was like, "Cool, man. It's awesome. You used it's to awesome. scare me when I was a child <laughs> when I went when I and you had your Stackhouse jersey on when <laughs> I was fifteen. But yeah, no, so we played these two shows, and uh, it was really fun. Kill Verona co- uh, covered uh, Lifetime both nights. They played uh, Boys No Good. That's that was pretty oh, sure. Yeah. But it was cool hearing all those songs again and like just seeing everybody like getting loose, and it was fun. And um, Breaking Pangea played. Do you know that band at all? I know of them. It's uh, Fred Mascherino from Taking Back Sunday, and he's got oh, a new yeah. solo thing called uh, The Color Fred. Yes. But yeah. um, the drummer from that band is the dude who plays in that band Fun that played on the Grammys and all that crazy oh, stuff. The, that's like the Vampire Weekend adjacent band or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. They they had Maybe like a not. huge like Sorry, big time hit. The format is what I was thinking of. Uh, I think the lead singer from the format is the dude from Fun. Oh, possibly. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, the drummer is from Fun. So, and then... Uh, <laughs> The bass player from that band was in that band, The Stray Light Run, like in a bunch of other like big victory kind bands. I Which guess. was also a John Nolan band, I think, from Taking Back Sunday. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But uh, it was just wild playing shows with these people, and like we played with Sad Actor. We played with a band called Heather Gray. Have you guys ever heard of this band? No. Yeah. No. So this band takes the stage, and they're like young bulls, right? <laughs> But they looked like they stepped out of a photograph from like hardware or like uh, stepped out of a like just a zine from the 90s. Like the one kid had this huge T-shirt tucked into his pants and they sounded like split lip. (laughs) So me and Wagon Seats are sitting just get kind of warming up. And like this band comes on called Heather Gray from New Jersey. And Wags is like. Yo, this sounds like before Split Lip became Chamberlain. <laughs> I was like, it does. I've been trying this whole time since you said that to remember the lyrics to any Split Lip song so I could sing it at you right now, and I can't. <laughs> Nobody remembers any Split Lip songs. But anyway, it's not important. But yo, but Heather Gray Split is a great band name, too. That's they a great name. Awesome. Really they were name. so good. All yeah. the bands that we played there's an awesome there's an awesome there's an awesome split lip live video yeah. that showed up on YouTube not that long ago and it's like it's so good it's so good <laughs> it's from like I think a fest in Canada maybe right but it's like one of those 90s videos where it's all grainy and VHSE. No, where uh, all everyone is on like you can't imagine that anyone moshed at the show because between the state like there's so many people in front of the stage and there's so many people on the stage yeah and like it, people complain about stage potatoes now yeah at this show and at Everybody a lot of 90s videos real hard. everyone is potatoing <laughs> no one is taking pictures there's like three i think three would even be generous maybe two photographers everyone else is just like hanging out and they're enjoying <laughs> themselves they're not yeah. like bummed to be on the stage but it's literally like you see all these people on the stage and it really feels like they're on the stage because there's not enough room in the crowd for all these people. <laughs> Just <laughs> a spillover. Yeah, it's crazy. I loved shows like that, though, yeah. man. That was always my favorite. I only went to a couple shows that were ever like that. Oh, man, man. By the time I was like going, you got to remember when I was going to shows that we, my generation, I feel like, invented the you of death. Right, you know what I mean. Like we were the first ones. Definitely wasn't a thing. Let's just mosh everyone, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the first? Is this the first? Oh, this is the intro. Like the music hasn't even started yet. I guess I should just start hurting people. There you go. Just start kickboxing. Right on cue. Just do the thing. (laughs) And the only reason we didn't have that at big shows is because there were too many normals there. Right. So you'd be like, I guess we'll mosh in the back. (laughs) (laughs) There's not enough room up here for us to mosh. I guess. Have you ever seen Liam mosh? 
Uh, I've seen videos of you Mashi and flip flops. Oh, the uh, that was me yeah. about you though. That's not the same. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Mike. That's not the same. <laughs> he also right. made me so, watch it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you made him watch. Watch it. this shit. <laughs> so good. I mean, so I didn't good. hold his eyes open, but you know, <laughs> I strongly suggest. You gotta remember, Mike is too nice. So right, right. What, so you're not gonna, for the sake of good taste, be like, "Sorry, Liam, I'm not watching this video of you." No, watching when I suggest you things, you do the exact opposite. Yeah, it's great. It's my favorite thing. I, I actually, you know, what? I might actually do the things you suggest to me, but I tell you, I didn't just because I love you. Going, why won't you do the things that I tell you? My name's Liam. It's so great. It's my oh, favorite thing. My favorite I don't like impression. this new. I, like, this is, I was like, I was like, Josh. I was like, before we start recording, I'm like, Josh, we gotta be. I want to be funny more on the show. And Josh is like, all right, well, that's a good excuse to make you feel bad. Let's do it. No, Liam, I'm here to lift you up, buddy. The way you lift me up. Just yeah, saying. Lift me up by the scrotum so, is what I you will mean. tell you that I, I made a joke at one of the shows where, uh, you know, Krosky's played right before um, Breaking Pangea and Kill Verona. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. our set's going to be just like my favorite franchise, Fast and Furious. Hell yeah. Yeah, and nobody thought friends. it was funny. Also, the other joke that I made was that, <laughs> well, it wasn't so much a joke, but the beginning of our Sunday show, yeah. I just found out that Bibby Anderson had passed away that weekend um, from, you know, the uh, Ingmar Bergman movie. So I was mm-hmm. like, I would like to set give my portion of the set in the memory of Bibby Anderson, the great actress from Persona and from all these wonderful Ingmar Bergman movies. And everybody was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I was just like, I mean, we're a punk band. We're called Cross Keys. Let's go. And we just like went right uh, into it. Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was so not cool. It was like the opposite of cool. It was the, uh, the uncoolest thing I could think of to do at the moment. No, they were not cool, Josh. Maybe. I maybe. I blame the apparatus in the public school system, but that's not important right now. Um, so, yeah. So that was pretty on track playing those shows. It felt good. And um, we're going into the studio next month in a couple of weeks, actually. And we're going to um, get our new record done. But uh, how many uh, songs are we talking? Full length EP? Oh yeah, full length man. Yes. Which is uh seven songs now. Hey, that's enough. That's <laughs> People enough. Call that a full length record, Liam. Did you know that? One sided, twelve inch. Yeah, that's it. And we're gonna try and get a, a screen print on the on the other side. Cool. If we knew a screen printer. I love that uh. I just said that to you and that was true. I just was saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what it is. Yeah. No, I'll take a one sided. Yeah. Or an etching. Inch. I'll do another uh, end of irony. Yo, I'll be I've heard like people. Com- I've heard people complain about a one sided twelve inch, and I'm like, it's a record. That yeah. you, when you get up, you can put on another record. You don't it's have to so just good. like flip it over. Well, guess I don't own it. any others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, that's the only one I got. I will <laughs> say that the new songs uh, Wagon Sheets is playing on them. And, uh, you know, these are going to be our new recordings with Dave Wagon Sheets from Kid Dynamite playing drums with us. And it's fucking good. I think like we're doing some good ass shit. Is, there, now, so. is there a song about me yet? Uh, yeah. There's actually Aspect no. Ratio is writing right now. And uh, we wrote a Cinepunk's theme song. Stop. Oh, my God. It's so good, too. Once it's finished, you're going to love it or hate it. And I will be happy with either outcome. Stop. (laughs) Just saying. Do you have any more whacking on track? uh, Yes. I also ended up going to the Raw Brigade show. So I went to, I played the show at the church Saturday. Played the show at Ortlieb's a Sunday. And then went to a show on Monday night at Creep Records where I got to see Raw Brigade. Yep. And I got to see uh, Legion 76 and Sunstroke. And all three of those bands are... Uh, there were other bands, too, that played. Hammer played and um, Drug Bust played. And it was fun. Um, 
but just I never had seen Legion 76 and they happen to be my favorite oi band and possibly my favorite Philadelphia band currently, including yeah. all the bands that I'm in. And uh, so it was really fun to see them. And um, Sunstroke, I love those guys with all my heart. And so every time I get to see them is always a sheer yeah, joy. Yeah, big shout out to Sean. He's big the up best. to Sean and Ian and yeah. and everybody in the band. You guys are awesome. And um, that band I is love very that good. Band so much. Yeah, dude, that record fucking crushes so hard. Do you get yeah. down with that band? Like, sunstroke? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love I wanna, them so much. I want to do a Sunfest where it's like Sun God, Sunstroke. <laughs> uh, there's a band that we put with that, uh, a friend's band called Sun Title. We ah. just get all the sun bands I could ever think of and have one fest in Philly. What's sun the, Isn't there a, a heavy sun band um, in Philly? Sun, sun O? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, they're play, they played last night. Sun E. You could get Sun Ra Orchestra to play. That would be that would be, be so crazy, pants. Yeah, who would even know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I did that. That was all pretty damn fun, and um, not much in the way of mo- movie watching, unfortunately, just because I've been so busy. But I will say, one of my on tracks was I managed to watch the movies that Mike had suggested, which hey. is uh, the Swanberg movies that I'd yes. never seen before. I'd never watched any of his movies, and uh, Mike, why'd you pick Joe Swanberg for the topic? By the way, we never said what the topic was. The topic is oh, yeah, yeah, Joe yeah. Swanberg. You oh, well, I'm actually it in there a little bit. I think at one point. Oh, I did. What what's up? Why Joe Swanberg? Uh, so I, I'm I'm a big mumblecore guy. I like the, I like just the kind of wandering, meandering improv movies. What do you like besides Swanberg? Who's the other mumblecore people? In case people don't know Swanberg, Andrew Bujarowski. I don't know how you pronounce it. Andrew something with a B. Okay, he's he's the guy that did um Andy like, B. AKA Andy, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, like Funny Haha is like one of the one oh of the sure really, sure really sure sure, sure I can't I never know how to pronounce his name um and then of course like the Duplass brothers yeah uh, and yeah. everyone that's kind of involved with like the Swanberg thing like he and Greta Gerwig collaborated a lot like mm-hmm. Caitlin Sheel mm-hmm. um Kentucker Oddly I, all that kind of I stuff. fucking love Greta Gerwig I know I just think man. she's so great I'm glad she's getting her like moment in the sun right now because yeah. it was so well deserved for so long yeah. do you watch the Swanberg show Easy do you like that as well I've seen I saw the first season. Um, and then nothing really past that. But it's it's mostly like Chicago, right? It's Yo, like a, kind of like different moments in the need, life of you Chicago. Need, you need to get on season two, man. Yeah. So I heard season one was like the spring, season two was the winter or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, cool. So it all revolves around similar people in Chicago, different areas of the city, things yep. like that. Okay, cool. Mm. Which in that way, it's not that dissimilar probably from high maintenance okay. in that um, high maintenance feels very New York. Uh, I think it's... Very is that di- also directed by Swanberg? Or? No, no, no. It's just another show that has like short stories to oh, it that right. somewhat, sometimes are reoccurring. Yeah. I think that's Ben Sinclair is his name. It's he yeah. and his partner, I think, do it. And then similar thing where he's like the guy in the show, but it's more about all the other characters in the episode. Mm. Yeah, I would. Say the difference is with Easy, there's no central sort of connecting figure. It's just stories or whatever. Yeah. But I find them all very compelling and interesting. And uh, I don't know. I really like that show a lot. We We just finished it. Uh, probably like a month ago. I don't cool. know. I don't know how up to date. Like I think there's maybe a third season still coming out or something. I'm sure, not sure. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I know that he did a lot of episodes of that TV show Love as well. That like uh, oh, that one. I like that was on Netflix. Yeah, I think Easy's on Netflix too. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no. I, so for Joe Swanberg, I wanted to do like an older one and a newer one. Sure. But the old ones are so hard to find. There are movies. I think there's one called Nights and Weekends that he and Greta Gerwig did together. Uh, there's one called like Kissing on the Mouth and one called LOL and I've never been able to find any of those. Mm. They're like mm. I'm assuming they were very like small. You can't just get them like on iTunes or something. I or? like even look to like buy them on Amazon, buy the DVD if possible. I like I couldn't really find them anywhere. Mm. Um, and wow. then the new ones, in terms of new ones, he's done like Win It All and Digging for Fire, but they were 
still a couple of years ago. So I just decided to choose the two that were kind of back to back. I think it's like mm. 2012 and 2013 is mm-hmm. Drinking Buddies and uh, the other one's called All the Light in the Sky. Cool. Two of my favorites, honestly, of his. I think they're great. I well, love them. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about these two awesome movies. Yeah, sounds good. So, uh, I wish I got a chance to do my whack part, but... Oh, yeah. oh you had a whack? Oh, oh, yeah. No, but go ahead. Feel oh, free to interject, I'm sorry. Liam. I'm sorry. It's just we had been over an hour, so yeah, I figured... No, it's fine. I, I don't do anything that's whack because my life is constitutional. No, did awesome. you really have a whack, though? Uh, did I talk about getting laser, zap- laser zapped? No, you have to talk about that. I got laser zapped to remove tattoos. Ow. By a friend of the podcast, Mike McTernan, at the Finery at 3rd and Market, where I went... Uh, this is why you want to do it, so you can plug the finery. Oh, uh, well, if you mention Crosskeys when you make an appointment yes. there, they take off half of the cost of your first treatment. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. But um, let me tell you something. It was whack because it feels like getting burned by the light of a thousand suns for about half an yeah, hour. Yeah, it hurts real bad. Yeah, right? it's fucking terrible, and it doesn't even look like anything happened. It doesn't even look like yeah, anything it happened. It really doesn't. And the worst thing about it is, so Melania's like, so what are you doing? You're getting this lasered so it looks like you didn't have a tattoo there. And I was like, no, babe. I'm getting it lightened so I can get more stupid tattoos on my arm. I love that. Duh. Yeah. That's my thing. So my whack was the pain of that. It sucked. It's not fun. It's the it's worse than getting tattooed. So you should definitely go and tell. <laughs> go to the finery. Yeah, go to the finery and tell them Crosskeys and Cinepunk sent you. And, and uh, my, if you like 90s hardcore, the singer from Damnation AD might remove your tattoo for you. Yeah, Just that's true. With the light of a thousand suns. <laughs> with, the, with the burning heat of a thousand suns. So, uh, that yeah, that's it. That's that's my whack. <laughs> okay, well, that was good. No, that was totally worth it. Definitely whack. <laughs> it's totally, totally whack. All right. After the break, we are going to discuss the movies of Joe Swamper.
And we are back. Hey. Hey, what's up? So we're here <laughs> hey, with Mike. Hey, what up, fam? And we're going to discuss the movies of Joe Swanberg. So, well, right. two two movies. I mean, two I think, movies. I think he's made Here's a lot thing. of movies, right? Pretty prolific, yeah. yeah, yeah Mumblecore yeah, yeah, yeah. as a genre, I don't understand at all. Yeah. The Why? first time I even really? heard the phrase was when I was at a movie with uh, Dan Tabor of Geekadelphia, formerly of Geekadelphia, and he was like, yeah, this is like a horror Mumblecore movie. And I forgot. I don't even remember what movie we were watching. Yeah. But uh, I laughed like, like I knew what he was talking about because he started laughing and I wanted him to think I was cool. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. even realize that this was a genre. It's uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It sucks me in for some reason. I feel like some people are definitely turned off by it. like, I don't know. I guess I kind of ascribe to the idea of like some movie should be challenging because you can still say, take something away from it. So like mm-hmm. challenge yourself to watch a movie every now and again. And I think that was how I kind of stepped into it. I watched a couple movies of Mumblecore well, okay. Whatever. Let's style start with the definition, Mike. Yeah. Like you're talking to an idiot here. Like, sure. how do I, if I were to say mumblecore, what is it? Uh, I feel like most if people you would describe to, it to as define the term. I feel like most people would describe it as like a bunch of white people in their 30s just trying to figure it out. <laughs> like, I feel like there's, but like, I guess realistically, it's like but that's like every Judd Apatow movie too. That's true. There is a surprising lack of diversity in Apatow movies too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I guess the, it, they're mostly improvised, and I feel yeah. like they're they're usually like super DIY low budget so they can look a little like hokey and f- and they really have very little plot because there's mm-hmm. no script for the most part. Um, Were both of these movies unscripted? I know yes. Drinking Buddies was unscripted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then All the Light in the Sky was also unscripted. Um, I think most of his movies are, right? Yeah, he's super loosey-goosey with it. I actually watched yeah. uh, Drinking Buddies with the commentary on for, for the podcast, so, you know, did a little homework. Whoa! <laughs> Man, what's it like you've, being the best podcaster in the say, room? You've already done twice as much research yeah. as Josh has ever done. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess, I guess like, so, like, low-budget, usually, like, not very well-known actors or directors or you know, or filmmakers. I mean, I would say, I would say not any, not anymore. Of, yeah, that's true. But, but I think when it first started, I mean, because like you figure, uh, Hannah takes the stairs. Sure, all those people are famous now. Right. But when Hannah t- takes the stairs came out in two thousand seven, no one knows Duplass. No one knows Greta Gerwig. Yeah. No one knows these people. Exactly. But I think like. The irony of Mumblecore now, which is still, you would say, probably Swanberg and sure. the Duplass brothers, is that they have this cachet where they're getting almost entirely f- well-known people. Yeah. But well, then being like, hey, people know who you are, but we're going to do this movie where you're just talking yeah. and there's no script yeah. and we're just going to figure it out. I think it's kind of interesting for these actors to do that. Like, I think yeah. probably the most interesting for me is... Um, the couple movies with Anna Kendrick because sure. I feel like Anna Kendrick is not someone your people think of as like, yo, just put her in a room and just let her go. Yeah. And she's gonna carry the <laughs> exactly. scene. That's not what you think of. I think of her as more of a performer, especially mm-hmm. being like a, a pitch perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the I so the fact that I think both Drinking Buddies and Happy Christmas are very good and right. show kind of well, I feel like she's kind of playing to type a little bit more in Drinking Buddies, which yeah. we'll get into later. But Happy Christmas. I was like, I didn't see Anna Kendrick being this person, and yeah. she, I think, kills that movie. Like, it's super very interesting good to look it. at those two back to back too, because Drinking Buddies was, a, I'm pretty sure, it was his first like full, like he had a huge uh, crew and everything, and it was right. like a, a buttoned up movie. I don't think any of the actors really made very much money on it. It was just like a cool indie. They liked the script. They liked working. They all had like a really good time on the shoot. Right. And then Happy Christmas, he made immediately after with a five person crew in his house based off the story of his brother moving in with him. So it's like, you know, he still kept those kind of DIY roots immediately afterward and, and wasn't like jaded of like, oh, I've got this big crew that I could work with all the time now. And you know, like, it, it's just cool to see someone who kind of like sticks to that. 
Right. Yeah. But yeah, actor-wise, he got uh, Ron Livingston, Anna Kendrick, Jake Johnston, Olivia Wilde, and Jason Sudeikis, and yeah. Ty Way. Like, he yeah. got such a really great crew to, or cast to work with on that one. So, um, yeah, I think there's been... What, what seems to have happened is there's obviously always a backlash when something sort of takes off, you know? So Mumblecore sort of had a moment in, like, the... With, like, movies like Francis Ha count? That's like oh, a yeah. Mumblecore movie? I, I would say so. I think it's associated with it. I think, you know, as with anything, Mumblecore has become now a term you apply to something, but it's not necessarily a cohesion movement. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, since this is a punk show, it's like with early punk. Mm. It or took a emo. Sure, sure, sure. That went from like embrace to get up kids. and. Yeah. Well, I think the more along the lines of, I didn't mean that as much as I meant like, at first, there was no cohesive thing that people were saying. Punk was just a term. You're trying to understand all this new shit. And a bunch of the people who were being called punk were like, well, I don't like that term. I don't. Right. That's not me. You know, it was only later that people started to be like, oh, we are. That's who we are. You know, mm. I don't know that 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 cohesion happened with Momocore, but it became a term to apply to all these people. They weren't necessarily. Swanberg wasn't out going. Well, you can refer to my movies as Mumblecore. I feel like it was people trying to understand what it was and giving it kind of like a a descriptor because it's like it's mostly it was mostly he and his friends and similarly other people were doing similar styles of movies at the time. So and I think it spawned copycat. It wasn't like it didn't oh. spawn people who took from that style, mm. but at the time, like I think it it was a lot of people who were doing improvised, low budget. You know, how do we make this thing for no money? Mm. But let's like there is some intentionality there. I think the intentionality is that in improvising a scene over and over, you're getting at something that like is a little more, I don't know, raw a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I think his style is a it from what I've heard, is a little bit less repetitive. I get the feeling with uh some of the um the what what's their name again? It just went over. Two plus brothers. Yeah, some of their stuff is like they do it a few times. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like a let's get to something, you yeah. know. But Swanberg, it felt a little bit more like okay, like we're gonna do this quick, you know. The the one scene from um from Drinking Buddies where it's like the most memorable scene in the movie possibly where it's like um Ron Livingston and uh sorry Anna Kendrick are like on the the picnic be- uh, blanket yeah. or whatever one shot and there was like you know it's it's not going to get better than that they they both kind of killed it on that shot and just let it be you know like i think that is true where you could get a couple shots of it make sure you get the coverage get a couple takes but i think he was just like we nailed it on that one there's no use in putting any more into it let's just run with it and see what we got it so i told josh about this but um i think some of the backlash with swamberg was because he made that horror movie that and then worked on vhs and that between silver bullets and then doing a segment and being in vhs yeah it got the attention of which like, segment was his in vhs i think it's called a funny th- it's vhs 2 i think it's called a funny thing that happened to so and so when she was young where it's like she's in the next room and it's all via skype mostly Do you remember oh that one? right right, yeah. right but right. i think he's in v the original vhs as an actor right um I know he's Maybe. in your next. He's definitely in your next. Yeah, that's like the whole mumble gore thing where it's like Ty West. Mumble Simon. gore. That's like so. That's like taking all the indie filmmakers and they call it mumble gore, where it's when they do like the horror spin on it or whatever you want to call that. But that's I think again that's people trying to understand it. And but give I it, think give it his name. connection to those people is partly why he, there was a backlash because sure. people are like, oh, Swanberg, you know, he was in your next. Oh, he directed a movie. Let's see that. And. And it wasn't that like audience. Next. That audience is not the audience for these movies. Yeah. No. That audience is not the people. So along those lines, I was telling Josh, and I want to tell you and the listeners as well. I was there for the infamous 
Joe Swanberg, Devin Faraci fight. Okay. Do you so, know about this, Mike? I don't, actually, no. Fantastic Fest has a tradition called the Fantastic Debates, where two people who disagree intellectually have an intellectual debate, uh, which a crowd cheers on, and then they fight each other. They have a boxing They fist match. fight. <laughs> so <laughs> to it's, the death. It's both kinds of fights. And so, you know, famously, I, you know, I saw the guy who uh, helped create um, peer-to-peer, one of the guys who helped create peer-to-peer sharing was someone who's like a copyright advocate. They fought, or a flat, the flat, one of the flat Earth guys fought someone from NASA. Oh, cool! It was really great. So, <laughs> one of the fights at the one of the first ones was Devin Fracci, who was at the time uh, head of uh, yeah, 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 of uh, movies death. But at the time, it was called uh, Badass Digest. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so he was the head editor of that, mm-hmm. and Joe Swanberg. And the theory was whether Mumblecore movies are even movies. That Which was is sort of the argument. A little insulting as someone who's a director. Of a yeah. Like, that's so um, so the, idea, the idea here is that Swanberg movies, I think, and a lot of these movies, have become sort of a punching bag for movie nerds who worship Spielberg and who see like cohesive, strong narrative sure. as the definition of what even a movie is. So Darren Fracci, I think, saw this as like a fun way to like make fun of someone and mm-hmm. then have, quote unquote, have a fight. Swanberg, I think, had was sick of getting this shit from Geek Boys. And as you know, he's friends with Ty West. And I don't know if you know this, but Ty West does MMA. That's what he does to keep in shape. So while Devin Faraci was just coming up with cool insults for Swanberg, his points were, were along the lines of, you just make movies to see your friends naked and... Uh, you know, not writing a script isn't a brilliant act. Things along those lines. So it's kind of funny. There was a thing in the commentary, sorry to cut you off, but in the commentary he's like, yeah, I get a lot of shit for making my actors, you know, get naked all the time. And then he, Olivia Wilde improvised the nude scene in uh, Drinking Buddies and like on the set he turned and went like, fuck, I told you. He's like, he's like, I swear I told you. It just happens. Like, which I think is really funny, but I'm sorry. Continue. So that was one of, so this is what Darren Fraunchy is doing. It's coming up with jibes. Yes. What Swanberg was doing was training to fight. So they had their debate. Basically, Swanberg keeps being like, you're just a nerd. I don't care what you think. Yeah. You're pointing at my whatever. And says, let's just fight. Well, Devin Fracci thought the fight was just for fun. <laughs> Swanberg comes out and beats the ever-living crap out of Devin Fracci. Swanberg's a big guy. Beats the crap out of him, such that it was like uh, an embarrassment. It almost stopped being funny. Only it's even more funny now that we know that Devin Fracci is not actually cool guy <laughs> got in trouble for doing bad stuff to a lady so oh, right. there you go screw that Damn. dude yep. but at the time we didn't know that so i almost felt bad for him i was like man <laughs> swanberg's really beating the crap yeah. you're getting beat up by a dude who you felt like his movies were too like nerdy for you right and yeah. he's embarrassing you in front some, of a group of people some revenge and of the nerds kind of put 11 who, Joe Swanberg? He's yeah. real tall. I think he's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, oh, I don't, Liam I don't. was like, he was 6'11", and he, lanky. He's Yo, a big guy. Here's, a de- here's the deal, y'all. I'm 5'7". So <laughs> anyone <laughs> above 6'0 is a giant who doesn't <laughs> exist in the world. I saw him on the train in Philly a month or two ago, actually. I don't know what he was doing in Philly. My friend saw him at a restaurant, and then I saw him on the train like a day or two later. And he's his head wasn't quite touching the ceiling, so I'll say he wasn't 6'11". But he's definitely like six four, six five. He's definitely a big Jeez. guy. Here's yeah. the thing: he's tall, and then he has a naturally Where is large he from? head. Uh, Chicago, oh, Chicago. But I think his family grew up in like Kentucky. Oh, is that right? I think he's originally from like Lexington. Kentucky. Oh, a lot of his movies are set in Chicago. Amazing. He yeah. has a house in Chicago, which yeah. again, like we said, he filmed Happy Christmas in. Yeah. He's got a really cool tiki bar in the basement. Yes, which I think they reference in the beginning of Drinking Buddies too, at one point, something like that. I oh, think you know like what? I think he also bar. shot a scene in Easy. I think okay. a crazy sex scene in Easy is in his basement. <laughs> okay. Whoa. 
That's yeah, there's I mean. a there's a whole plot in Easy where Kate Micucci is like a nanny, and then the couple she's a nanny for are like, do you want to like go on a date with us? And, <laughs> and, and, and like thinking like this is a crazy thing, and she's like, yes, I do, I very much do. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the the I say it's a crazy sex scene. It's not crazy because it's super erotic. It's crazy because it is sexy, but then in a very real world way. The baby keeps waking up, so they'll like be doing stuff, and then they're like, "Oh, okay, someone's got to go take care of the baby." And so then <laughs> these two people are fooling around, and then they come back down, and then oh, we got to go do that. Ooh. It's like they keep getting interrupted, so it's like this weird balance between oh, this is kind of hot, and then oh, actually, this is kind of funny, this is and it's strange. it goes on and off, hot, funny, hot, funny the whole time, Whoa. and I'm like, I've never watched something that was actually kind of hot, but then also really goofy and funny ever in my life, right? Yeah, and that show they're in direct. It. They're in direct opposition. They basically. shouldn't be <laughs> at the same yeah. time. And I'm like, this kind of worked, actually. I was kind of into this. <laughs> so I uh, love that. Anyways, I just thought, since we're covering Swanberg, I just had to say, yeah. if you know, those of you out there, look up the YouTube video of Joe Swanberg beating the crap out of Devin Faraci. It's I'm worth it. absolutely watching it as soon as this is over. <laughs> so <laughs> All the Light in the Sky stars who is in this movie? Jane Addams and Sophia Tikal. I, I love Jane Addams. Jane Addams is great. She is Big so fan. good in this. She's movie. incredible in it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen her in other things that I like too, but this was like more than I've seen of her before, and right. it was really great. Bef- wait, so which one did you see first? I definitely saw Drinking Buddies first. I think I came to Joe Swanberg through kind of like VHS in the Sacrament. I think I saw Ty West do a Q and A about the Sacrament once upon a time at Awesome Fest, maybe or sure, sure, part sure, of the sure, sure. Film Do you Fest know some funny Ty West Cross Keys connection? No. He played in the ska band with bass player and uh, assistant DA extraordinary Andrew Wilbrock, who uh, plays bass. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, know Ty that. West is just from Delaware. Yeah. He's just a scene dude from Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so knows him and Andrew were in a band together. Yeah, he knows <laughs> Jordan Clarius and some other friends yeah. of, the, of the podcast. Our homies well. from, from there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's no, the that's weird connection. Every time yeah. I've seen him at a film fest, he's had a cool punk shirt on, so. Yeah. There you go. He definitely is wearing. Although a I guess Arms in uh, yeah, I was gonna say this movie is a Lawrence Arm shirt, which <laughs> He's is got not, a Larry Arm which, by the way, shirt on. Which not come cool. on, man. That's yeah. not cool. And of course, yeah. it's shirtless or it's sleeveless. sleeveless. Yeah. yeah, you know, shirtless shirt. Just saying. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> Chicago, that was like your Chicago. first like connection to Swanberg. To Swanberg, I think. Yeah, and then um, saw Drinking Buddies. Maybe that was the first one I'd seen of his. Sure. Um, Happy Christmas. I, I th- it was on Netflix for a bit. It might still be on yep. Netflix. So yeah, yep. just kind of like ran through the gamut of all of them. Would still love to track down like LOL. I think that's supposed to be not the best, but it's just mm. his early work, and I'd really like to um, be kind of completest about it. I think the only older one I've seen, older than uh, All the Light in the Sky, is I saw Hannah Takes the Stairs. That movie's great. But that's the only one of all those early ones. I haven't yeah. been able to find any of them. Yeah, and that's like Mark Duplass is in that one as well, I think. So yep. that's like another connection to the mumble core. Like yeah. they all Do kind of... Okay. Work, no, work in each other's arenas. No, you're fine. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's cool. Yeah. And then so you saw you saw Drinking Buddies and then you saw and All then, the Light in the Sky. Yeah, I came to All the Light in the Sky maybe a couple years afterward, but I've seen that probably four or five times since then. Oh I, I think the movie's really great. I adore that movie. So yeah. it's it's a movie about um older actress, but not old. She's yeah, forty five. She's forty five yeah, and her I, niece I, is twenty five. It's hard mm-hmm. to talk about the age of actors, let's say, rather than yeah. actress because it's diminutive. Uh anymore because on one hand it's like if someone says oh i'm 45 i'm not getting as much work i kind of get that on the other hand tom cruise is like what 65 now yeah, like right Johnny so it's, Depp it's, is like 60 something it, almost so 70. i think the yeah. the reality for female actors is different than for male actors because mm-hmm. i think male actors still get these like young quote-unquote sexy jobs sure. way later just 
offensively later in their <laughs> careers. Whereas, you know, I, I kind of can believe that at her age, 45, which to me doesn't feel old at all, it can be viewed as like older and maybe she's not getting the traction anymore. Mm-hmm. So the film is sort of about that feeling and her niece comes to visit. Also an actor. Who is an actor. Yeah, an aspiring, aspiring actor. actor. Right, yeah. um, and it's sort of just a, a, a slice of their life, but it, it a is... A weekend in that. It's their weekend together. Basically. A weekend in a tight-ass tight ass house in Malibu, I think. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be in Malibu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also about, to a certain extent, um, is it just a weekend? I it feels like a lot of stuff happens. I think it just kind of goes day by day mostly. Yeah, where wow. it's like maybe Thursday maybe it is through Sunday or something. I think, yeah, it's yeah, long, yeah. I think it's like a week. But, yeah. but, it, uh, but you know, she's away. It's sort of a, a, about relationships and about sort of the things that we tell ourselves about relationships and about... Um, so, you know, uh, the niece gets, you know, involved with different people and has a weird interaction with Ty West. And the uh, Jane Adams has, a, you know, a younger... P- man that she's interested in and then she has this long-standing relationship with larry fessenden mm-hmm. and who's the but, fucking man i love larry fessenden but, so by the way yeah. there are so many i mean i was sort of suggesting like it's weird that all these genre and nerd people sort of found swamberg and then rejected him because his there's movie, so his, many his genre movies are for them but that's yeah. what i'm saying it's, it's also a little unfair of me to say that because like there are four different horror directors in this movie there's larry fessenden yeah. ty west yeah. the friggin uh what's his name both of the dudes who oh, made, Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard. Yeah, they're yeah. like in a scene in this movie. So yeah. like I could see why people sort of, you know, have that connection to his world. Uh but the movie doesn't have any sort of climactic plot points. Nothing dramatic happens. There's right. no if your idea of a story beat or a set piece is that here's a, this big thing happens. Almost no big things happen in this movie, which is yeah, kind of what I was getting at earlier. With like, it's I think it's good to challenge yourself once in a while, and I can right. see why people wouldn't be gravi- they wouldn't gravitate towards this style of movie. But it's just its tone and its and its character and it's you know like the, the as a as an improv- improvisational actor, there's so much you have to draw on right. to make something feel kind of like a cohesive movie. I mean, this the movie to me was a terror. Yeah. This movie is horrific to me. Yeah. I love this movie. I will say of the two movies that we watched because of uh, you, um, <laughs> this was my favorite one. Cool. Because yeah. of the just the concept of the existential crisis of an artist. Yeah. And the juxtaposition of her talking to the dude about the... Uh, the sun part, the about yeah. the solarium, whatever thing. Sure. Which which All, I think went over my head a bit. <laughs> oh my god. It was brutal. Yeah. It was horrific. And it, it really it really touched a chord um for me, just as a musician, just as a person who tries to live a creative life, like it definitely was um it spoke to a crisis that I feel as though anybody who tries to do anything creative can relate to. Totally. Yeah, she's and she's still kind of a lost puppy at 45, you know. Yeah, she's still like dude. a little not as quite quite as put together as she thought she'd be and there's a little bit of role reversal in that there's the 25-year-old in a monogamous relationship while she's 45 and still kind of like having her moment trying to figure out what she's doing with these different men. Well, and, and that that moment with I I think one of the most like I say, nothing happens in a direct way, like it's dramatically. But a lot of moments have huge emotional weight to them. And the scene with her and Larry Fessenden yeah. is so fucking in, like because the idea there is is here's this person that she has this deep connection with who wants something from her, who wants a sense of who she is, but is unwilling to offer her 
anything yeah. substantial. Can't even comp like clearly my man wants to hook up in that moment, but mm. can't muster enough like respect to like woo her. Right. It's right, just supposed right. to happen when he's referring to her in no respectful and cannot understand why she she sees it. She it. sees yeah. it immediately yeah. that he can't give her what she needs. And then is sort of put off by her naming it in any way. She doesn't right. even directly confront him, but just that little bit of like, uh, what? And he's just kind of yeah. like, oh, I don't know, you know, like immediately ready to. Oh. I feel yeah. as though, like for me, the 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 fulcrum of the movie that was like the biggest thing that broke me right. watching it is her looking for the car key. That whole sequence, yeah, oh, yeah. is so devastating to me. Which and is tough too, because because I feel like she has a connection with that other guy that's you know helping her do some things, but she's still struggling with wanting to be self sufficient and right. all these other things. Even just her trying to strap up the back of her wetsuit at one point, yeah. And when her and Sophie it's a call kind of do it for one another, it's still kind of like she would love to be able to just do it herself. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 dude. But that whole scene where she dumps the purse in the street and all yeah. that stuff. It felt like I was watching a breakdown that I've had. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like so simple, so brutal, yeah. so brutal. But uh, I feel as though, like, see that as compared to Drinking Buddies, where the crisis is on the outside of the person, this whole internal atmosphere mm-hmm. of all the light in the sky is what I, what I uh, resonated with the most. See, I just this is where I complete. I almost completely disagree with you because I right. think. What's going on in Drinking Buddies is just as internal. Wow. Because I think <clears throat> with All the Light in the Sky, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, both these movies I think are great. But I think with All the Light in the Sky, it is internal. It is about what she's sort of going through. Mm-hmm. But I think Drinking Buddies shows how our interactions are also all internal. Yeah. Okay. Everything going that. wrong in that movie is about how those people view themselves. Right. Everything that is a ray in that movie is also about their self image. And yeah. and and so I, I think like, yeah, All the Light in the Sky is a uh, is a movie about that to some extent about an internal crisis. But I actually feel it more in the scene with Larry Fessenden than I do in the key scene. Oh wow. Because I I understand things on an interactive level more than I do. Yeah. The person alone is for me and how I relate to the world, almost an irrelevant. Until there's another person, there's mm. nothing there for me. Wow. Yeah, no, I definitely prefer the internalized world of one person. Ugh. I mean, I think that that's like... I can't, that's what, I can't relate. But that's I mean, the, I can because that movie, that scene is very powerful. But watching that scene, I can see myself in that situation. But that, the idea of her breakdown is not meaningful for me until she has to go back and interact with that guy and he has to see her that way because up to that moment I think he sees her as this like magical older woman who has her shit together and that's part of his so the fact that she has to go and be raw in front of him is where I'm like oh god oh no she's got to knock on the door and he's going to see her like this (laughs) and oh my god her on the street interacting with that I'm like that's that's not a thing oh my god But see, that's what makes the juxtaposition with the with her getting the job with the solar guy. Yeah, it makes the whole movie a horror. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, because all this stuff is happening in addition to her trying to find a living wage. Right. Fuck. Yeah. What no, a brutal I, story. One hundred percent. I think it's uh, unbelievable as a movie and what it's able to do with so little there. Mm. But 
I emotionally and entertainment wise connect more with Drinking Buddies. Yeah, sure. Because no, I connect more with that. Like just the juxtaposition of an artist trying to find a real day gig is sure. brutal. Yeah. It's insane to but me. I, There's I, a lot of different like not metaphors, but different. She's learning in a lot of different respects. She's right. falling asleep yeah. to this yeah. like Terrence McKenna ish kind of thing. She's right. learning from this man about all. Yo, the all that. The by the way, the thing she's falling asleep to is to be so crazy pants, <laughs> and it's so telling that she has to start keep starting over. Like you keep right, hearing right, the same. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, so funny too because like when it first happens, I'm like. Why is her laptop not all the way open? What is it that she's watching? And then I realize, like, oh, she's listening to a book. Yeah. Oh, and she has to keep on starting it over and over again because she falls asleep every time. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, brutal. Yeah. Just, uh, my God, there's so many things that I can relate to in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then just almost the hamster wheel type reality of that. You know what I mean? And in addition to just navigating the internal atmosphere as well as trying to get a job. Well, and also every time. Every time we go, um, you know, water surfing together, oh, yeah, you're yeah, always yeah. commenting on my breasts. And I that know. I got to respect them now before they, they start to fall. Naked. I'm telling you, Liam, they're going to sag in a couple of years. You keep know. telling me. <laughs> and I'm true. like, it's Josh, true. we're not that much different in age. <laughs> and I've already sent all my nudes out to the agencies. <laughs> and nothing came of it. Nothing came of it. I thought there was yeah. a really interesting anecdote from the Sophia Takal character, too, where she was talking about, oh, your whole life, uh, she had been one of the younger kids who could kind of like hang with the older kids and feel cool about it. And she's like, and now I'm just 25 and like, now I'm just kind of the regular person. Like, right. doesn't feel special about that anymore. And I feel like there's something to that too where it's like also as heartbreaking too. Like yeah. that, that thing of like, oh, I was always cool to the older people. Like, which, you know, uh, I guess Jane Adams is kind of like the older person in that respect as well where it's like they could kind of meet each other on each other's level I- and now they're both I think there's even out. something like a, a like an interesting relationship thing in that scene with uh, in the part where she's hanging out with Ty West and the other girl, like she, even though she sort of rebuffs Ty West, mm-hmm. I think she knows the whole. There's something about feeling like I'm in this relationship and I have this connection, but like people still find me attractive, right? And mm-hmm. there's still that. And so when she comes out and sees him making out with someone else, and realize like. Ah, it's not really about you, yeah, okay? Yeah, it's more about He's got to get down yeah. with somebody tonight, right. and you were there, and now you're not, and whatever, yeah, you know? Like, that feeling of, like, oh, that actually feels kind of bad in a weird yeah, way, yeah. but, like, in a way that you can't, like, name. You like, can't really articulate, yeah. because any way you do just sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if this is what I can expect from Mumblecore movies, or if this is what I can expect from our man... Um, Swanberg, Swanberg, yeah. Then it's, I'm it's in. Just realism, I'm all the way in. Real, like real to the core, but like also grounded in reality. Where they mentioned Tina Fey, like she's uh, Jane Adams is on the phone with her agent, and Tina Fey got the part instead of her. Or Revolution Brewery and drinking, but there's always like yeah. it's grounded in a real. Uh, it feels like it's the real world. You know, it could easily be someone that you just met on the train. Or I mean, he definitely has themes too of like artists who are trying to make it, people who are trying to do things that are like outside the norm. Right. You know, there's a there's a theme of, of uh the brewery stuff in Easy. So I think mm-hmm. it is like these these kind of people who he doesn't have a lot of characters who are like average Joe in an insurance job. Like right. that's less the world he's relating yeah. to. It's it's things that I think he sure. these kind of connect to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. makes sense because I'm sure a lot of it comes from real experiences in his life and I'm sure he's friends with mostly artsy types and yeah. that sounds demeaning yeah, sure. but like artistic well, types. No, no, that, that makes sense. It makes yeah. perfect sense. You or know at least mean? young people trying to do something outside of. Sure. There's not a lot of, of at least what I've seen, there's not a lot of characters who are like, 
I work at an insurance agency in Bloomington, Illinois. Like that's not yeah. a thing. And again, much. that's what makes that weird juxtaposition of her going for that job. Right. So brutal. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it really uh, affected you, huh? I'm saying, man, this movie is an hour and 18 minutes long. It's quick. And it is, to me, it was devastating. It Every single hard. moment broke my heart in two. Yeah. And, uh, I felt I felt that shit. I felt that mm. shit run in my heart for real. Mm. What yeah. do you guys think about some of the shots too? I think some of those like open water shots at the end where she's just oh kind of paddling God. out, like Lovely. some really really awesome. Truly yeah, gorgeous. People the don't talk, people like don't talk about boarding and all that. His like yeah. camera work that much. It's great, but I think he's really good. And it's know? all it's all on film too, so it gets that nice warm. It's it's not as grainy. Like I wouldn't have said, oh, that's definitely shot on film. It doesn't have that feel, but it's mm. still like really really crisp and, yeah. and and warm feeling. I think. Yeah. So. Um, all the light in the sky, very good. I loved it. Also, Same. emotionally challenging for some. I don't know that <laughs> everyone will have. I I want to couch it a little bit because I think that your experience is not going to be the serious for everyone. So I don't want people. But I kind of think just judging from these two movies, that must be the way this whole genre works. It's it's mostly meant that to be. I mean, I think. I mean, you've seen some Duplass movies, though. I've seen yeah, I've seen Soft Chair. I've seen like you know. So I think you have some idea. I think. I think when it comes to Swanberg, yeah, they're all about uh, people going through what seem like not, none of the none, nothing that I've seen is like, except for the horror stuff, obviously, <laughs> is hugely dramatic, yeah. right? But stuff that is emotionally significant is happening, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, the minutia of real life that actually means something, you know. So I think the the thing with Drinking Buddies is that it feels more. So this is a movie about Drinking Buddies felt more like a movie movie to me. Yeah, yeah, I think which it's, makes it, sense again with like more of the crew and all that yeah. stuff and a little more of a budget behind it. I think it's more. Um, I think for folks who are maybe a little put off by the. Um, improvised nature by the fact that you know these aren't dramatic sort of things. Drinking Buddies is a little bit more relatable. It feels like a comedy. Mm-hmm. It, it has like a vibe. It of has like a, vibe. a teen comedy kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It, Not it teen has, team. It has <laughs> it has a little bit more events. But again, even the events that happen, nothing is melodramatic. Nothing. Yeah, is no, for sure. Everything is. You know, sort of. I sort mean, of. Uh, no. There's. I would say that there's more of like a peak and valley kind of like the whole when uh, Olivia Wilde has her party after um, Ron Silver breaks up with her. Sure, sure, sure. Like that's like a that felt like oh this is a point. That's you know like what I mean? Piece. Like yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's not. It's nothing. It's like oh my god, what's gonna happen yeah. now? Well, there's nothing there's... in this movie that you could play for dramatic beat in a trailer. Sure. A trailer for Drinking Buddies, I guess, because I never watched a trailer, <laughs> is just going to have like the jokes. It's yeah. going to have the few funny bits. It's right. not going to be like, and then, bum bum bum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no like that. You know what I mean? But there no is one Morris Peros. Sure, right. <laughs> sure, right. Exactly. <laughs> there is at least one major uh, like plot that ha- right. plot point right. that happens. Well, that's like what I'm saying. It has infidelity. more of a narrative. Sure. Exactly. Than I think. That's the other thing. I Liam knows this about me, that I have a hard time watching movies that deal with things like marital or at least relationship infidelities. Yeah. You hate knife in the water. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I can't I can't deal with it. like I mean, even in books and stuff, like, you know, um, I have a hard time dealing with 
just and, and it's not because like uh you know my parents got divorced or anything like that it's just because it's a it's a betrayal of a trust that that really kind of blows my mind yeah and that it's not anything i can conceptualize personally in my life so it's hard for me to see it in other people's lives especially after taking time to invest in these characters and figure out who they are and and right. how i you know understand them so stories that are centered around that kind of concept really kind of bum me out mm-hmm. so um but this is such a little infidelity though yeah, but I feel like emotionally it's a kind of a big one because yeah. it's, it's like these couples that are kind of being vulnerable in each other's lives and everything. And they're, yeah. I will say when, when you first get to the cabin and all four characters are there, the two people that work together that aren't dating are Olivia Wilde and Jake Johnston. And they're the, the two that are late to wake up. The other two are early. They go down to the yeah, beach. And they're hiking together and, and all this other stuff. Right. And you assume, oh, they must have been friends forever. They must be a couple friends forever. I think Olivia Wilde and Ron Livingston have only been dating for like seven eight months, months or something eight like months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's funny to think that they'd be that fast friends. It feels a little like, I guess they're comfortable enough with one another to just go for a stroll. And mm. it feels a little strange, but overall... Um, I heard an, an anecdote actually because I watched the, the commentary again, <laughs> where it's like uh, Ron Livingston showed up a week late. Uh, Olivia Wilde and Jake Johnson had been filming together and had great chemistry all week. Uh, and Ron Livingston got to set, and his first shot was to break up with his girlfriend. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard and that. Joe Swanberg had to tell him which one was his girlfriend. He's like, "Who am I breaking up with? Is it, is it Olivia or is it Anna? And why am I breaking up with them?" It's like, yeah, he had no idea going to it. It was that unscripted. Sure. sure. And yeah. I, what I are your just, thoughts on Ron Livingston? Just as an aside, do you I think like he's that a great guy? actor. Yeah. I I only know him from Swingers. Okay. Have and you seen? I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you seen? He's in Swingers. Yeah, he's the he's. Um, you don't John only Favreau's. know you don't only know him from Swingers. Yes, I do, Liam. You've never seen Office Space. Oh, Office Space. Yeah, I forget. But Jesus Christ! Yeah, but when I think about Ron Livingston, I think about the scene when he's trying to cheer up John Favreau, and uh, John Favreau. You actually don't think ends about up, Office. Wait a minute! You're telling me that you are. Generally, in our age group, yeah, and Office Space isn't burned into your. What were you doing in 1999, from 1999 till 2019, that wasn't watching Office Space 20 <laughs> times in a row? Because here's a clue: most people were doing that. Yeah, no, I get it. I've seen it. I but Swingers was definitely my favorite one of the two. I've seen Swingers so many they're, more times. Than they're I've seen not Office even Space. in the same realm with each other. Office Space is a cultural moment, and Swingers is a slight embarrassment from those people's career. It's a hard style. Well, I mean, because Swingers is mostly a misogynist film that boys just watch when they get broken up with. <laughs> I haven't seen either in such a long time that I can't even jump in and save you on this one. Office Space, <laughs> Office Space is one of the reasons that people can claim that 1999 is one of the most important years in film. <laughs> because Office Space yeah, is such a big, cultural bad moment. bad voodoo daddy in Office Space? I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> again, point for Office Space. <laughs> You, ghetto boys were in office space, not Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just remember seeing Swingers a lot in college. And Yeah, because uh, you remember, were a sad boy who felt bad for yourself. I was also a Morrissey fan back then, too. There you go. I know. It's not like you're shooting You're shooting fish in the barrel here. Swingers at Morrissey. Yeah, I know. They kind of look the same hand. crew anyway, you know what I mean? Especially during 99. But anyway, it's not important. Pompadour. <laughs> yeah, Yo, Pompadour. Does it, yeah, does it part of Swingers feel like it's a Morrissey video? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I loved it. <laughs> so, you know. Um, know. 
Uh, no, no, no. I mean, but Ron I, Livingston, I do love. I think he's awesome in this movie too. He's so good. I wish I he mean, was in it more. To realize that it's all improvised, like the scene when she goes back to his apartment. Oh, I know. And he's like, "What are we doing here?" Like oh, that bullshit is fucking fucked up, man. That yeah, shit I, is brutal. I, I, I think the thing for me with Drinking Buddies is I like that it's both an attempt for mainstream, mm-hmm. but then still very much a Joe Swanberg movie. Exactly, yeah. And that it messes with your expectations. I think a lot of people watching this movie, and probably me a little bit, the first one watching it, are like, oh, what's the guy's name? Jake, is it Jake Johnson? Jake Johnson, yeah. Oh, Jake Johnson and Olivia Wilde are going to fuck. Right. And oh, this is a movie about them fucking. Right, you're waiting for those beats to happen, and then It never does, do. because yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. what this movie is about exactly. at all. It subverts that. Yeah. And, and that, the, that, in reality, the fact that the only actual infidelity is a... By the way, very awkward, unsexy kiss between Ron yeah. and Anna Kendrick. Yeah. It, 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 no part of me watching that scene is like, oh, here's the part where Anna Kendrick gets on top of Ron Lewis. No, no, no. no. <laughs> right. It's weird, and it stays weird. Sure. And when, yeah. when, you know, there was some part of me when Anna Kendrick leaves, and I'm like, is she secretly going yeah, on a dude, trip? Yeah, dude, and that's Ron the thing. Livingston? Like, the fact that that's un- that. That is open ended. Like she goes away to Mexico, and you don't know if she's out there with. Uh, oh, so you're saying when she comes back, you don't believe her that she, that's why she came back? Uh, well, I don't know why she's weeping so hard. You know what I mean? I, I think, think I think she just internally felt so shitty about the whole thing that she wasn't allowing herself to. Have yeah, I think one hundred percent that's him fucking with your expectations. That yeah, right. That it's never she was never going to get with Ron Livingston. But I do. Love oh yeah, that I that's don't think open that ended. That that's yeah. not even like addressed, and then exactly. that's up to the viewer. Right. And I, I do respect a filmmaker that can leave things to the viewer, as yeah. we know, as right. me and Liam have said sure. in the past. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, that's where all the fun of it comes in. It's so it's so well done. Yeah. For being so minimally crafted. Mm. That's great, but I think the the fact that it is about who they are as people and how that develops in these relationships, like Ron Livingston's issues with Olivia Wilde, is not just about the fact that they clearly have a vibe. Mm-hmm. It's about who he is and yeah. the kind of person he is, and the fact that um, I think he's to some extent projecting something onto Olivia Wilde that he needs in some way. He needs really a drinking buddy because yeah. he needs to ignore. I mean. Part, I mean, partly isn't this movie the unstated thing about this movie a little bit that like he has a drinking problem? Like, <laughs> there's no moment in this movie he's not consuming alcohol, and I don't yeah. think that's meant to be like, yeah, because he's a cool party guy, man. But I think I also, to some extent he's not totally healthy. He's kind of Ron a little, he, or no, uh, Jake, uh, Jake, Jake Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, I think more so it's that he wants the best of both worlds. He's he's about to be engaged or married to right. Kendrick and is just unwilling to completely dedicate that part of himself to her completely because right. he still has this really awesome friend that maybe he will, maybe he won't within a, or with uh, Olivia I, Wilde. But I don't even think it's a sexual thing because he has plenty of opportunity to move on that. It's just an emotional think, thing. He's got, yeah, he can't give 100% to one side or the other, you know? I think it's that he there, there is an energy he can have with with uh, Olivia Wilde. He can't have with another dude per se. Mm-hmm. But it's not about getting his rocks off. It's about having someone he can hang out with, and they can have a personal bond. Mm-hmm. But to move that into an actual affair would cost him something, both about how he sees himself and about how he relates to his and the person he loves. How he defines his life. Yeah, and yeah. he just isn't willing. I mean, in some ways, if he did. You know, fuck Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. That would actually be braver than what he's doing because yeah, that would yeah. take a violation. He gets to be the good guy, but have all this weird emotional drinking connection well, with her. There's an interesting moment where she comes clean and says, "Hey, I kissed 
you know, I kissed Ron Livingston. He doesn't say anything about the whole weekend of like right. very, very intimate time that he just spent with uh, Olivia Wilde. Oh, you know, yeah, he doesn't yeah, actually yeah, come yeah, clean, yeah. really. Right, 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 right. Well, he didn't really technically I didn't do actually wrong, think but there's like that. a yeah, really intimate weekend brutal. there where they, he doesn't really come clean at all. Right. Um, but yeah, but then there's that really great kind of fuck you moment from Olivia Wilde. She'd be like, I haven't done anything wrong. It's like yeah. a very nice, like, I, I guess it's a very like feminist thing to just be like, "Fuck you! You don't get to tell me how to feel. Like, I, yeah, I don't, you don't owe you anything." Feel he bad about he it. wants yeah. to have an exclusive claim on her without committing anything. Exactly. He wants her to feel connected to him without actually giving her anything, because it would be a bit of a sacrifice on his end to actually give her anything, even if what he gave her was, you know, not real. If if it was illicit, yeah. But he doesn't want to give her anything. He doesn't yeah. want to give up any of that. Right. I also think he drinks too much. I think he drinks too much. <laughs> I had such an interesting perspective because I saw this right when it first came out when I was like 24, 25 yeah, years yeah, old, yeah, yeah. just thinking like every character is just out there thinking for themselves, doing right. whatever they want and not caring how it affects other people. Whereas now at like 30, I'm looking at it as like, man, relationships are complicated. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life's yeah, yeah. tough, sure. man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just a little it, more is, of a it is true that like, I'm watching this going like, Oh yeah, none of these people have kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what it's like when you don't have kids. You yeah. can go, oh, you guys want to hang out after work? I get, I, okay, I guess I can hang out. <laughs> if, like, you know, I I don't drink, but I went out after work a bunch when I was in my twenties. Yeah. And watching this now, I'm like, how are these? You got to go to work tomorrow, buddy. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What's happening? <laughs> it's not even to go see a movie. I don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about Olivia Wilde's performance in this movie? I think she's great. I think she's an underrated actress, honestly. She's really, really great. She's like painfully hip in this movie, but that's what her character is meant to be, and it works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also heard a, a really funny story. Again, watch the commentary. So, uh, so like the producer's little brother was like not in the film industry and like ran to pick her up from the airport and wasn't back to set in time and so she calls she's like hey what's going on is everything okay and he's like oh yeah we're just like getting dinner which is like not something you would do with olivia wilde imagine it's just this like 20 something year old dude who knows somebody on the production team like that's how it still feels like a small film you know where it's just Mm -hmm. this guy who's like oh yeah well i'll just go pick her up we'll get some food we're both hungry fuck it let's do it and then like not worried about getting back to the shoot i thought that was like a funny little detail which kind of where did you go with olivia wilde oh we got dinner what's up (laughs) yeah um, Where did you get with international film star <laughs> and television star Olivia Wilde? Oh, that was the we Terminator. Went, we went to get food. Yeah. Is that a, uh, is Taco that, Bell? Is that wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, I think she's really good in this movie. I, th- totally. I thought she was uh, probably the brightest star, like the best performance, I think, mm-hmm. comes from her. She's the one that shows to me the most emotional depth out of everybody. Yeah. And um, she also, out of all the characters, shows. Um, the most distance traveled in terms of her character. Definitely. I think... She moves. I do, though, want to give some respect to Anna Kendrick because I think that what she has to give you is a sort of nerdy guilt. Yeah, and she she does that so well in this movie. She's set up as like the, oh, you're the the anal retentive girlfriend who's making the guy settle down. So like she's set up as the bad guy in a sense, but she plays it really well and you know, it's very emotional and she Well it's very, also it. very human. Like the exactly. scene when yeah, I mean, he tells as her that she that Olivia Wilde broke up with Ron Livingston. Yeah. And you see that inner turmoil just in directions of her face. You, you know what guilt, I mean? Like that shit is awesome to Without me. But words. what I love about it is she's so guilty about nothing. Like <laughs> like it's the most unsexy, awkward <laughs> moment. And I I love that she it is weighing on her so much, you know, yeah, because yeah, she's yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. Oh, did I end their relationship? Is that uh, me? am I am I am about I? to end our relationship because oh of my it too? God. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Well 
But I think the the secret fire of that, right, is that she's thinking, oh, I'm like, I'm so much yeah. that now in this moment we had in the woods, I have ended their relationship. <laughs> and like, I'm sure for Ron Lizzie's character, it's more like, yo, clearly I'm not that into this or else yeah. this wouldn't have happened. Right. So, you know, it's not, <laughs> now I can finally pursue. You know, and that's yeah, not, it's that's not this high drama. It's not the, w- no, in another the movie, of in stopping. another movie, someone would have boiled a rabbit and there would be a, a, a <laughs> scene fucking in a stairway or, yeah. you know what I mean? There, you know, someone's getting killed with a knife. Like, th- this would have been the most dramatic thing. And in this yeah. movie, it's like, no, it's just, you know, these people are not adults yet. And yeah. that's what's <laughs> not my that's scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even like, for me, it's funny, like her wanting him to settle down strikes me as entirely rational. Of like, course it is. Like They're of an age where that is the No thing to part do. of that am I like, oh what a joy kill know, this one like, is. Crash like, like a party Anna Kendricks. You yeah, know, they yeah. live together. It's been a long time. They've already talked about it. Sure. She just wants to finally do, do this the thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, she yeah. approaches that that one scene where they're kind of like in bed, she's like, Hey, no, we've said it a bunch of times, just gonna bring it up again. Yeah. Take yeah. it or leave it. It's a very like yeah, we've had this discussion before. I'm going to say it again because it's something we need to do. I think it is definitely an age thing, though. Like, I do hear people, you know, Mike, of your age group, since <laughs> right? me and Josh are older, and I hear them talk about marriage like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah. look, if you're already, it's not like they're in a hot thruple, yeah. and she's the one going, I don't know, guys, I kind of want to kill our good time. Yeah. I kind of want to throw this bucket of water on this here fire. You're kind of already lame, so yeah. you might as well get married. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, think about it this way. She's decorated the entire apartment with like West Elm stuff, and yeah. it's, it's like yeah. she, they're doing the domesticated lifestyle. They're yeah. just not, they don't have the ring on the finger, basically. This character comes up for him. This sort of character comes up for him again. In, in Easy, there's a character who keeps hiding things from his wife. Yeah. Not infidelity, actually. It's all economic. But he, it's like he... he he keeps setting her up to be the joy kill and she plays into that role. But every time I go, bro, you should have just told her. Yeah. Makes just it way tell easier. Her. His dude's, he starts a business with his brother and he just oh, is that won't. the brewing one? Yeah, yeah. yeah and he just doesn't garage? tell her and yeah. then she looks like an asshole but some part of me is going, but he could have just told her. If he had <laughs> just told her, then that's a Now, if you tell her and then she goes, no, yeah. I'm not. But she doesn't get that chance. She yeah. has to look like a bad guy because you hid the whole thing. You know, <laughs> wow. it's it's yeah. that sort of. I think Swamberg um, has a very negative view of that dude who's like, I don't want to deal. I don't want. I'm not right, going right, to tell right, the right, wife. Sure. I don't want to. You know. Yeah. I think in this situation, it's really on him. That again, I don't. On second viewing, I don't ever really think. Oh. He's hiding something from Anna Kendrick, Mm. whatever. But he does know he's getting something from Olivia Wilde. He's he's trying to get the best of both. And I think it's her who's like, if you want this much of me, I need something from you. Yeah. And he's not willing to give that, mm-hmm. you know. But he's getting, yeah. he's getting what he needs, which is more people to drink with. That's yeah. what he needs. <laughs> so I think Swanberg does a really good job in kind of crafting the characters, and the and the actors do such a good job becoming those characters. Yeah. Um, I think I think one of my favorite moments is at the very end. Uh, she's got the. They're kind of fighting. Uh, Anna, uh, Olivia Wilde and Jake Johnson's characters are kind of fighting because the, the whole weird weekend thing, the way it all blew up. They're at work the next day. She's kind of like making, mending the, mending the bridge. If that's a phrase, <laughs> gives him some French fries. He, he eats gives them, her the beer. Gives her the, bana- gives her the banana. And yeah. She's like, "Fuck that! I don't want the banana." And hands it back. That's them both knowing their character so well. They don't speak at all. Yeah, and they just they know still, exactly get how the they whole would point act. Of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a really nice kind of like. All right, they're cool, but. Mm. <laughs> 
You know, I see. It's funny. That was one of the scenes that I actually didn't resonate with. I didn't really like that scene very much. Okay. Just because it, I mean, even though it's like drenched in this, like kind of like a, ah, you know how it is, like a yeah. kind of elbow, and then just like laugh it off kind sure. of thing. I felt as though that was like uh, a monkey wrench bookend. Like okay. it felt like they just kind of be like, we just can't leave it like this, and ah, just like stuck it in. See, there. I didn't feel that way at all. I, f- I felt like a very good end to me. Yeah, it yeah. feels like a nice yeah. way of being like, unspokenly, we're cool. Don't do not do that shit again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not. It doesn't change either character is the thing. What about the See, I, I don't banana? <laughs> Get that, that shit out of my face. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the characters have already changed at that point. And yeah. they don't need what I don't want. I think actually a more resolution at that point, like an actual resolution, is just not real. The whole point of it is that it's a real thing. Yeah. And so like if they're like, Okay, now let's have this moment where we talk through our feelings. No, no, no. It's just a realization of like, look, that was weird. Mm-hmm. What we did, that was weird. Guess we're not doing that again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, in the sense of it's like, you know, it's it's just an it's just an acknowledgement of like, you know, we can just be friends and we don't need something more than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So, I don't know. I really like I really like that this movie plays with our expectations of we want a torrid a. A, a, not a torrid, uh, tawdry love affair. That's what right. we want. <laughs> right. We want two people fucking in the dark and then hiding it from their. That's what we want. And he goes, no, no, no. These are awkward people who aren't sure what they want, and yeah. realizing, okay, this is not a healthy. So we can be friends. Not a healthy. This is not a healthy way. You to sound be. like my mom. <laughs> Sorry, uh, my sugar has dropped because it is because <laughs> it is not, not after nine, and I I feel bad. So Whoa, no. Be- before we let it go too long, did you catch the Joe Swanberg cameo? I did. Uh, did he like was the, the, ang- car, right? the yeah. angry driver. Yeah. Perfect cameo for your director to have, <laughs> yeah. especially since that they had to fake fight each other. Right, <laughs> which he's driving the whole fighter. thing anyway. I yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, I I think this movie again. I think what all the light in the sky is doing is more subtle, and I think it is in a way more artful but i kind of respect someone trying to like how do i be me and it make something that people some, will watch yeah. on netflix and, so right, right, and i right. think the cover of the dvd is a little misleading too it looks a little too polished for what the film it really looks is like yeah. a tv show exactly it yeah. looks, it looks like, it, like uh yeah. like friends right whereas it could realistically be a scene from them like at the beach house or something like that just right. sitting around playing cards or whatever you know <laughs> but i, I, I do like it as what you were saying as a lead into happy christmas since totally. happy christmas is more his kind of movie exactly and it's anna kendrick as such a honestly kind of a like a loser character like yeah she's so not endearing and it's happy her fall christmas. from grace you know she yeah, just yeah, got yeah. broken up with happy christmas is uh i think it's a sister goes back to live with her brother or something like that yeah, or maybe yeah, with yeah, her yeah. sister after a breakup so she's living in the basement while they have uh it's a couple with a, a newborn baby yeah um Jeez. which is like a personal experience i think his brother came to live with him as he and his wife had just had a baby and were figuring shit out so it's like a weird way and, to navigate and she's that. she's trying to like honestly like party through her pain yeah and he's kind of like well this is not the appropriate environment this is for you to do that, that. Yeah, yeah 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 and so it it works yeah. Really well. And Anna Kendrick, not that she hasn't played a bit of a loser in other movies, but this is more raw. It's yeah. less like, it's funny that I'm a fuck up. And yeah, it's more it's like, less like, it's Pixie not Manic. funny yeah. at all. Wow. But it, it's less, <laughs> of a, less of a girl wearing her dress and putting on her heels like she is in like most movies. I feel like she was typecast as that for a while. No, there yeah. are types, there are times in this movie where, you're like, where if you, if I were to ask you, 
how do you think Anna Kendrick smells in this scene? You would say, <laughs> bad. She yeah. smells yeah, bad. Right. She's scene. not smelling great. <laughs> yeah. She's she's definitely not doing well right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but to kind of come back and put like a button on you asking what I think Mumblecore is, is I think it's like an attempt to make a film you don't always know that it's going to end up great, but I don't think that's what it's really about. Like everyone's always concerned with how do you rate this movie? Is it the best movie? I don't think Mumblecore has that at its spirit. I think it's just like let's fucking make something. And, so it's and like a new cinema verite kind of. Sure. Yeah. Like, like I, see what shakes out kind of thing. I think in theory it's not supposed to be as the to, cinema verite has a little bit of like a lofty. Mm. I think Mumblecore in theory isn't very lofty. I think when you. I think the difference between Swanberg and the Duplass brothers, mm. the Duplass brothers are a lot more goofy in a way, but there is a bit of like a, like I think they rub some people as douchey because mm. they're a little bit like, well, they we're going for the, you know, yeah. they view what they're doing as a bit of an art. But here's the thing. I think that it's just like, I've seen people refer to them as, I don't know, the Duplass brothers rub me as kind of douchey. And I'm like, yeah, but, so much of what they do is fucking magic though oh i know like it's yeah. so good mm-hmm. that and like i sorry they're good they're yeah. really good and i'm not calling the graduate a mumblecore movie but i can see like at its core that it's kind of a mumblecore movie right, but right, then right. it does have that element of like there are those underwater shots and there are some of those like still scenes where it's mm-hmm. like that is maybe starting to push the limit of like a little bit of a an artsier version of a mumblecore movie or mm-hmm. something like that and again not Calling the graduate mumblecore, but maybe it is. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Definitions. <laughs> now, it definitely uh, just discussing it with you guys now. It made me think of movies like the Miranda July movies. It made me think of movies mm-hmm. like. Um, mm-hmm. I I would say Miranda July was was, was part of a moment that was connected. Mm-hmm. I think she's less prolific, and I think that the lot of the mumblecore that people talk about is a little broy, you know, yeah. a little bit. But okay. I think that that is. I'd even give Not you a little defining. bit of Vincent Gallo kind of feel. Sure, I think stylistically he must have been an influence. Like mm. if 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 Swanberg or if either Swanberg or the uh, the Duplass brothers want to tell me that Buffalo '66 had no impact on them, I'm going to call them <laughs> liars. <That's laughs> I would call Christina Ricci and have her tell you that you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's no way Buffalo '66. Again, regardless of what people think about Vincent Gallo or his shitty politics, yeah. the reality is that movie was informative for a lot of the '90s. Yeah. Of also, yeah, I think sure. that was a 1999 movie, wasn't it? I think it was. was it you late? guys have heard about this book, the the that 1999 1999, the... the year that broke cinema, and it's no. literally saying like. No other year compares, mainly numbers-wise, in 1999. Uh, I don't know, man. Let's think about 99. Ready? Yeah. I'm just going to say a few things for you to think about. The Matrix. Okay. I've heard of it. Fight Club. Heard of it. (laughs) Three Kings. Okay. Office Space. Okay. Uh, Fucking um, uh, the, the, the first Star Wars prequel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking You like, definitely <laughs> just shot yourself in the foot right there. No, because again, uh the first Star Wars prequel forced Lofty. digital cinema onto the world. Yeah, yeah, you're not like, wrong. Like in other words, it's not that all the greatest movie uh uh no, I'm gonna this is the bit Blair Witch Project. Like yeah, okay. the reality is so many movies that had an impact on what we say about movies for the rest of this whatever century we're in so far, yeah. came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. 1999 just what changed about, like, the, so the many 80s, things. The whole Spielberg, like nah, Indiana Jones, and you know all those movies coming out in like Big 84. Trouble Little China. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the deal. Listening to, again, the 80s podcast that I listened to, right. a lot podcast? of great things came out in those times, 
but I 99 had such a huge impact and I think in its own way was interesting because we were talking about so many of those movies even now mm-hmm. that like the way that we talk about a movie like Fight Club is like, or we talk about a movie like also came out in 99, being John Malkovich, right. is I'm as if those out. movies back on just came out. <laughs> like we still talk yeah. about them like they're relevant now yeah, okay. in 2019 right. in a way that we weren't, I mean, again, 20 years ago, in a way that we weren't doing about those the similar sorts of movies. Think I just think it. it's an interesting book. I don't think it's, let's not say that it's the only important year or it's even like necessarily... Um, uh, uh, whatever. It's more. So many came out in one year in '99. Yeah, and they're all very different movies too. And I think Thank it's also that. telling in that there's so many good movies that came out in '99. Whereas I would say the rest of at least that decade is like like the thing about the '80s is that each year there's three or four movies that were very mm-hmm. definitive. '99 is such a huge year, whereas the 90s in general were kind of bad. And like people didn't see that many movies. And 99 happens, and it's like, wow, all the important movies came out. Now, I think it's also important in a historical sense that isn't about everyone saw these movies. It's also about certain things ended. Like, uh, for example, fucking Miramax stopped being the most important thing in indie cinema. Like, Miramax stopped being good. They, they passed. A bunch of the movies that killed it in 99, Miramax was like, no, I'm good. We're gonna do uh, snow falling on cedars, <laughs> or you know what I mean, or we, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 like yeah. they actually missed the boat on a lot of movies. They did. They put out fucking um, Kevin Smith movies. Uh, yeah, I think they did put out a couple Kevin Smith movies that night. But they also did um, a lot of these like post Tarantino movies that didn't do well. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, like Happy Texas or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like m- movies that were like supposed to be you know a lot of like a lot of the movies that were supposed to be cool at sundance that didn't do well meanwhile again let's be clear movies like office space and and uh, matrix and fight club lost money they didn't do well but they became important over the following decade you know so we were still watching rushmore Rushmore was huge, but it wasn't huge in 1999. So 99 was a year where all these movies came out that made no money, but then like within a decade, we were like, oh, well, I mean, you couldn't in, let's say, 2006, you couldn't talk about movies uh, of a certain kind and not mention movies like Rushmore. Like Wes Anderson. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like huh. something about that year. I don't know. I've heard, I shouldn't talk too much about it. I, I've listened to this guy on like three different podcasts now. I haven't read the book though, so I should probably <laughs> so read the book. You might be missing the thesis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but no, just no, just think, like just the it. list of movies. But someone was like, "Well, let's just talk about '99." And they say like all those movies plus Run Lola Run '99. Right, right, right. Like Jesus, Christ. it's crazy, dude. Like the number of these movies that became iconic came out in that year. Yeah. Also, some terrible movies came out of the year. So I think that's I think it's not just trying to lift it up as the most important, but saying like what a weird juxtaposition cuz like you had all of these weird like Brady Bunch sort of movies coming out around yeah, then. Yeah, I don't yeah. think 99 but like 98, you know? So like the lead up to The Matrix is something ter- you know. But it is kind of weird to think that The Matrix and the first Star Wars came out in the same year. Yeah, and the movie that funny. made all the money was the first Star Wars. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man! Anyways, times. we should wrap up this podcast. Y'all. I guess so. Hey, Mike, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm this glad. Was I'm glad you picked Swanberg. It's something yeah. we hadn't had a chance to talk about yet. Yeah, it was kind of glad Josh I got to see honestly it. Honestly, feel really great that I got to watch these movies. Yeah, I think they're and important, man. I, th- I think that people should respect Mumblecore a little more for like 
take it take it for what it is. If if you don't like it, that's fine. But try and just get something out of it. You know. I think yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad well, you guys really liked it. Thank and I think it's one of those things where people are probably. Um, uh, watching other movies that were kind of influenced by these a little sure. bit, you know? And and I think um and I think he is maybe not doing as many movies anymore, but he's definitely affecting entertainment still. Like I said, Easy has been really popular. Yeah. He wrote for Love. He wrote for, you know, that show Looking I really liked. So oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff that I think has still impacted people, yeah. you know? I think he actually produced that movie, uh Alex Ross Perry, that movie um I think he did the Color Wheel. What was the movie that he did recently? Um, Golden Exits with like oh, Jason Schwartzman yeah. I and seen Chloe Sevigny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the premiere of that in Philly not that long ago, and I think Swanberg was a producer on that. Um, so yeah, I think he's just kind of like wearing a couple of different hats at this point: producing, writing, directing, all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, I've been pretty happy with what he's doing. I kind of hope some of his associates who haven't been doing as much stuff would like. I need a new Ty West movie. I need yeah. a Ty West movie really I know, badly. I know too. Larry Fessenden has a new thing coming out though, so oh, I'm cool. stoked on Love that. Larry Fessenden. I'd yeah, love yeah. to see more out of Amy Simetz. I saw her. She yeah, was in agreed. Pet Cemetery, which she was awesome in that. I thought mm. she was maybe the best actor in that movie. I'd like to I'd see agree. her. I'd like to see her directing again. I've only really seen one of her. I'd actually say the the performances in uh, Pet Cemetery were the only good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Including the cats. <laughs> Put them in with it. Including Lith- Lithgow. <laughs> I would say Lithgow was a poor casting choice. Yeah. But I don't think he's doing a bad job. I just don't think he's a good fit for that character. I think he tried to play it a little too close to the original uh, Herman Munster. But I also think it's a writing thing. Well, we don't have to end in defense right now. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> We're wrapping up. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to Cinepunks. Thank you, Mike, for coming on. Check out his podcast, uh, Wine and Cheese. On the um, Cinepunks Network. On the Cinepunks Network. And also, uh, do you have any like uh, Sun God shows coming up that people should know about we have a couple sun god shows uh may 2nd at bourbon and branch may 23rd at the barbary and june 2nd at kung fu necktie cool so nice. yeah so check yeah out. come out go. good times them. Good check times. them out on the various internets there i'm sure they're on Bandcamp and spotify and all that shit you know and it. you should definitely listen to wine and cheese because i love that podcast it's good show good show thank you so uh, much for being a part of our family thank yeah, you guys yeah, for all yeah. that you do i'm a i'm a big believer in the cinepunks josh <laughs> josh needs to come on your podcast sometime absolutely yeah i, I, will, I love what some would you, cheesy what would what would you do? Oh man, I don't even know. They already did a jawbreaker record. So you can't they already did a jawbreaker record. Maybe I would do um, a fuel record. I'm into that. And then not the fuel that was uh, not Harrisburg's fuel. No, I'm talking <laughs> about the Mike Kirsch fuel. I'm not familiar. Oh wow, man, fuel. the torches You, fuel. I really didn't see you going that way, but I feel I that. I love fuel. Or I would even do, you know. One last wish. Did you guys cover that yet? No, not yet. Oh man! All right. I love how he's asking. He's did you cover that yet? Because he doesn't listen. To I don't. <laughs> That's why. Podcast. I've never <laughs> heard of a thing called a podcast. So oh, I have no idea what he we're, thinks what we're, we're recording a long form album. Yeah, <laughs> he's waiting for us to release our spoken word. Record. It's gonna be great. And That's and why all of our T-shirts have us doing go jumps on them and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, what if this whole thing you were like? I thought this was just a warm up for a new Judd Judd record. Yeah, I know, right? That'd be really <laughs> good. Dun, dun, dun. And, I, and I've got to come clean. Wee, I, wee, saw, wee. I saw Harrisburg's Fuel open for Aerosmith when I was in sixth grade. So That's amazing. Holy shit, it was pretty, pretty awful. Holy Dude. shit. All right. Well, <laughs> as always, rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, check us out and on all, all our, our social uh, medias. We're Cinepunks yeah. on all the social medias, so check that out. And uh, again, this is awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank yeah. you guys for having me. This is a super fun ex- exercise. Yeah. I loved watching hey. these movies, and I, I have you to thank for them. So thank you so much. Oh, also, yeah. check out all Josh's bands and check out Rough Cut. You don't have to do any of that. Rough Cut. Roughcutshirts.com. Josh Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.